Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is a network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get-go, boy Yeah, from Tampa Bay to the Tokyo Dome This is Keeping It Strong Style With your host, Jeremy Donovan And the young boy, Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style On the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Donovan here Alongside the young boy, Josh Smith want to thank you for downloading and listening to another week of Keeping It Strong Style. You can support our show and the network by subscribing on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go to socialsuplex.com. And if you go to socialsuplex.com forward slash subscribe, you can sign up and get all of our columns and podcasts delivered right to your email inbox. How are you doing this week, Josh? Oh, you know, Jeremy, I'm just here ready to record a fire episode of Keeping a Strong Style, the Ace of Podcasts. That's right. I had other uh, obligations tonight, but I put them on the back burner because I'm trying to give back to this business <laughs> that I love. Actually, that's not true. Jeremy wanted to record like all weekend, and I put the show on the back burner for other stuff. <laughs> you uh, you left me hanging on Friday night, but <laughs> I had to go over, man. Yeah. <laughs> if you uh, know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. I uh, want to give a quick shout out to Jordan Fox. You can follow him on Twitter at Fox the Podcaster. Uh, somebody recommended our show to him on Reddit, and he said he listened to the show like 36 hours straight. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So, obviously, he was digging what we were putting out there, and he wants to join the Social Suplex team and start writing for us, and um, he's going to be launching his own podcast soon, and we're going to do some uh, collaboration, appear on his show. We're going to have him on our show sometime. There might might be some DC Marvel crossover uh, action going on there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, shout out to Jordan. Thanks for supporting us, and welcome to the Social Suplex team. And shout out to whoever that was, Private1985, that uh, recommended us. We don't know who you are, but uh, thanks for listening to the show. That's kind of crazy. I think that was on one of those threads where someone was like, are there any good podcasts out there? And you see them pop up on Reddit, and, you know, all the, like... OGs and like the usual like suspects get like listed, but no one ever lists us. We always have to like be like, hey guys, we have a podcast too. It's pretty good. <laughs> but I like looked on there and someone's like, I listen to Keeping It Strong. So I was like, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't one of us. <laughs> it wasn't even us. It wasn't even a plant in the crowd. <laughs> it's a real mark. <laughs> yeah, keeping a strong style mark. So we appreciate that, guys. Appreciate all the support. You know, we're the little guy that's uh, we're thinking we can get big, you know? I don't even care about getting big. <laughs> <laughs> all right, before we uh, jump into the stuff, I know there was something from last week that we didn't talk about that you really wanted to talk about. Guys, I am so sorry. We did a review last week of uh, the new beginning in... That was Osaka? Yes. Yeah. And we... we 
gave a rundown. We had Rich here. He was distracting us and just ruining the, the business. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, beads, guys. Beads. How did we not freaking talk about those beads? Goto's beads. I think because most of our anger was going towards Okada's pants that we were blinded and <laughs> totally forgot to mention Goto's beads. Yeah, so I apologize that when we were given our uh, review of the Goto and Evil match and everything that happened there, and I thought it was an okay review, but I just realized, like, we didn't talk about those beads, and we definitely didn't talk about Don Callis not wanting to call them beads. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there might have been some sophomore calls on our end while we were watching the match. I remember Rich was like, he's choking him with the balls. Yeah, we're like, we're like he's got those balls around his neck. <laughs> uh, so if people are wondering, like, oh, why was that match so bad? That's a prime suspect for why that match kind of underperformed. Yeah. Um, there was one other thing I thought about on the show. You know, we, we talked about how much we liked the Sonata and... Um, Okada. Okada match. What's wrong with me? <laughs> the greatest wrestler in the world. Um, yeah, so the, the Okada and Sonata match. And I think what we were both like firmly around like four and a half on that. Right. And I think we both were like, yeah, it's a great match. And I think that was like to be expected. But one thing that we didn't really talk about, and I, wa- I just want to get your thoughts on it before we like continue with the show, was how do you feel like Sonata comes off after that match? Well, I mean, I think it definitely helped elevated him. It shows that he could, you know, be in the main event, a big main event of the show. It shows that he can hang with one of the best wrestlers in the world, Okada. Um, And we did see a little bit more personality from him in the build-up to these shows and the promos, on um, the press conferences and the promos you can find on the English YouTube channel. wearing the suits and sunglasses like he he definitely seemed like kind of more invested in this rivalry so I think I definitely think it did help elevate uh, Sonata's stock and that if um, they really want to sometime in the future they could make him a world champion and see I don't know man I sat back and I watched it and I remember thinking before the match happened that Sonata needed for, for what they I feel like they want to do with him or could hypothetically do with him, he needed, like, a star-making performance. Not just a great match, because at this point, like, the floor for, like, an Okada match is, like, four stars. <laughs> right. Four, four and a quarter. You know, that's, like, the bare minimum um, because of how great this run is. But I was like, man, we need something that's, like, this guy is special. You know what I mean? Right. And I don't know necessarily that after the match I came off feeling that way. I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. I think that it was a great match. I think that they do see potential in him. But I didn't like walk out of it thinking like, yo, this guy got made tonight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And like, uh, like that he got elevated to a new higher plateau than he had been before the match started. Right. And but he was super over with the crowd. I mean to me, it seemed like the crowd kind of wanted him to win. Osaka. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right, but Osaka is kind of like that bizarro land. But still, I feel like on the tours building up to this world title match, the crowd was kind of behind him. Yeah, I think the crowd was behind him, but I don't know if, like, after watching that, I feel like... I don't know. It's kind of like, for instance, like last year, watching Juice lose to uh, Omega, I was like... Holy crap, this guy's on a new level. You know what I mean? Or right. like when Evil wrestled uh, 
Okada in the G1. I was like, holy crap, Evil's on a new level. And after watching Sonata, I was like, Sonata's still great. He's pretty much right where I thought he was. I didn't feel after watching it like this guy's got main eventer status, like written all, you know what I mean? Right. I didn't feel like that coming out of that match for whatever reason. And it, it makes me wonder, like, where where do they go from this, you know? I think we, we have our answer for Okada. Yeah. But I'm not sure what we what they do with Sonata, like, going out for it. And I, I was hoping that this wouldn't just be, like, you know, a title challenge for title challenger's sake. You know what I mean? I was hoping it would be something that's, like... Because, I mean, I think everyone knew Sonata was going to lose. But I was hoping it would be something that's, like, well, when he loses... I'm not saying it did it hurt him in any ways. It wasn't like he got buried. It wasn't like he was bad. This was, at the end of the year, it's going to be one of the... On the short list of great matches. But... I didn't feel like it was like, I don't know. You know, it wasn't like a Stone Cold in, at the King of the Ring 1996 sort of like performance. Where right. Like, this guy just broke out and, you know, this now there's he's on a new level. It wasn't anything like that. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm just wondering, like, when's that going to happen for Sonata? Well, I think it's going to be kind of hard uh, while he's still in the tag team with Evil and being the tag champs, I think they're going to be probably tag champs for probably a few more months, I would predict. And I think for him to really break out, he's going to have to be singles. He might even have to be out of LIJ. Him and Naito? Yeah. Him and Naito might have to go at it for him to get that, like, to get that, like, monkey off his back. Right. To become the guy. That might be what he needs to do going forward. Um... With some reflection, do you f- still feel like that was the best match of the night, or do you feel like the? Uh, have you had a chance to watch those matches? Um, I have back? not had a chance to rewatch those matches. I'm kind of torn between that and the uh, the junior uh, title match. Os- they were both so good. They were both really good. I I could go either way. Part of me kind of leans more towards Osprey and Takahashi. I think the purist in me leans a little bit more towards the main event. <laughs> right. So uh, we might have a debate for the the February match of the month. You know, I listen to a lot of different people uh, review these shows and stuff, and people generally, the general consensus seemed to be that they were higher on this show than we were. And I didn't feel like we were down on the new beginning in Osaka from like a stance that it was a bad show. But I feel like with the buildup of them giving away five singles matches and that it built all month, I was expecting it to be more of like... I think we thought every match could have delivered better than it actually did. Yeah. And some of the other like reviewers, like Dave and stuff like that, they don't necessarily watch all these Road 2 shows. So they were like, it was a great show. <laughs> and I was like, I already saw all these matches. Five times. Right, yeah. Yeah, the undercard was... Eh. The the undercard was good. It wasn't. It was, I mean, it's never like really bad. But right. But I'm just I'm saying that like, the fact that we've seen majority of those matches already. I think we thought Goto and Evil was going to be blowed. Yeah, blow I was expecting Goto and Evil to perform much better. And part of that could be the placement. It was right after that very hot junior title match where Osprey and Takahashi pretty much killed each other. Sometimes I start to think maybe I'm just like nitpicky now. Like I'm becoming this like curmudgeoned, like old, like <laughs> grizzled wrestling, old vet this, wrestling reviewer. I'm the youngest grizzled old vet wrestling reviewer. <laughs> the grizzled young vet. I just, I don't know, man. Sometimes I see people like review stuff and that, like they'll give it higher scores than me, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like I, I'm used to being the guy that like overrates stuff, and everyone else be like, it's not that good, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it's like four now. 
half. <laughs> Other people were like, that was five stars. Yeah, I mean, Uncle Dave gave it a 4.75, both those matches. Both those matches, yeah. And, but we both gave them 4.5, so. Yeah, because I had I was being nitpicky. I don't know. Yeah, I'm definitely going to plan on watching those but matches like, back. But, like, bro, I was the same way with the gargano almost match from NXT. Uh, people, you know, everyone's acting like that's the greatest match they ever saw in NXT, and maybe it's because I was sick that night, but I was like... No, but I... I, I gave it like four and a quarter. or four, I, I'm sorry, four, four and three quarters. I gave it four and three quarters, too. I was just like, that five-star rating, I think it's getting thrown out there a little bit too much. But it didn't pop me the way that, like, Sammy beating Neville did, or Sasha and Bailey did, or even... To me, that match would have been five if Gargano had won. Oh, uh, yeah, because you're a mark. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, like, wondering, oh, my God, man, am I becoming one of those guys I used to hate? Like, those, sure. like, old wrestling fans on, like, the message boards and I'm like they know a lot but they're just so negative (laughs) (laughs) oh man so uh, this week's show this is a show where it hasn't been this way in in quite a while where we don't have any reviews to do it's all previews right we're getting ready for some big cards coming up this weekend yeah February 23rd and 24th we have the Honor Rising shows these are the New Japan Ring of Honor um, collab shows that they do every year together. Um, kind of like Fantastica Mania, where they partner up with CMLL. It's kind of the same thing. We're Pretty much up, just like it. Partnering up with Ring of Honor. This time, we're actually getting a collaboration. Uh, Fantastica Mania this year was basically just... Fan- it was just CMLL shows in Japan, basically. Right. <laughs> yeah, there was not many New Japan guys here, but tons of New Japan guys on this card, on both these cards. These cards look good. Yeah. They look really good. So let's start at night one. Uh, yes. February 23rd. Opening match, we got uh, Kitamura is teaming up with Toa Hanare. They're taking on the Tokyo Pimp Yujiro Takahashi and the underboss Bad Luck Fale. Yeah, so this was the tag team I thought we should have gotten during the tag leagues. Well, Takahashi and Bad Luck? No, Kitamura uh, uh, and Hanare. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know if you remember an episode back then where I was like, we should have got like a, a young boy tag team. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, we should have got Kitamura and Hanare like together. So we, we have the super uh, the super young boys <laughs> taking on uh, the Tokyo Pimp and uh, yeah, Bad Luck. So I don't know. What are your thoughts here? Um, expecting Takahashi and Bad Luck Fale to go over. Um, the young boys... Ooh. Who takes the fall there, Kitamura or Hanare? Who has lower stock in New Japan right now? Uh, that's a good question because technically uh, Hanare's kind of graduated yeah. and he has his um, little, you know, gimmick. New, New Zealander island man gimmick he has going on. Yeah, his Tatanka gimmick. Right, and Kitamura, still a young boy, he has not graduated yet. He has one more match in his trial series. So you would think that. Kitamura would probably get pinned, but I... I Kitamura's taking the pin here. I feel like Hanare might end up getting taken the pin. Are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) Is that how low he is? Like, even with a gimmick, he's still lower than uh, Kitamura? Yeah. You know what? I've wondered this before, is, like, how Hanare would have done if they hadn't... And I don't know why they didn't, but they should have included him in the uh, Young Lions tournament. Because that would have been pretty interesting to see him and Kitamura, like, in the finals. Yeah. But they, for whatever reason, I guess they they didn't, so. Right. I mean, here's one thing we do know. In no, like, in no universe known to man is 
Yujiro Takahashi or Bad Luck Fale putting over either of these guys that night. Right. Um, even though they're not the most popular of Bullet Club members, if you watch New Japan, these are these are two guys who hardly take pinfalls. Like, almost never. Yujiro never hardly gets pinned. He's, like, actually one of the more protected guys in New, in uh, the Bullet Club. Right. Believe it or not. Um, yeah, he's he used to be the fall guy for a little while, but not... Not, like, lately. Hopefully he'll have uh, Tokyo Latina out with him. Oh, my God, yeah. So, <laughs> I actually don't have very high hopes for this match, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's opener it's match. It's just an opener. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Takahashi will go over Kitamura that night. With the DET. Something. One of his finishes. That's yeah. his finish, right? The DET? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Up next, we have a six-man team, six-man tag match. Uh, the team of Cheeseburger... Delirious and Liger taking on Hikaleo, Tangaloa, Tamatonga. Yeah, so we're getting uh, Bullet Club against um, the, team, team Fun. The Sons of Haku. <laughs> the Sons of Haku taking on Team Fun. <laughs> Cheeseburger, Delirious, <laughs> and Jushin Thunder Liger. Like, this, what a freaking trio, bro. Yeah, like, I don't even know what, what, to, how to, what to say about this teaming. Well, we know that they're getting a, uh, a six-man tag title match the next night. Right, so this is kind of like a warm-up match. So I'm going to say Hikaleo's taking the fall here. I agree. I'm, I believe... Uh, I'll say Delirious will probably get the pin on Hikaleo. I'm saying Cheeseburger's going to get a roll-up. <laughs> no, what's, what does Cheeseburger use as his finish? Is it the... Uh, I think he uses the, the Shote. The Shote? Yeah. What if he hits Hikaleo with the Shote? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, they could have uh, Cheeseburger and Liger do a double shote. I don't know. I Actually, I'm going to just say, uh, let's just go with the obvious answer here. Like, Liger's going to beat Hikaleo, probably. Either that or they'll do the surprise finish and Cheeseburger will get the pinfall. But That would be hilarious. Um, yeah, because it'll keep him strong for the next night so that when Tamatanga and Tingaloa team up with Fale, none of them took the falls against these guys, so... That's probably what we'll get there. I think this will be fun. Um, you know, I don't. I'm not as down on God as everybody else is. I'm not. I mean, they progressively gotten better year after year. Um, Tamatonga is a guy just waiting to break out. He just needs the right opportunity. But yeah, the God boys, they're good in my book. Yeah. So I think we'll get. Uh, you know, maybe and who knows? Maybe we'll get a Ring of Honor win that in that match. I don't know. But that should be fun. Yeah. You know. Then uh, next up, a tag uh, tag match with David Finley and Juice Robinson against the Young Bucks. Yeah, so the Bucks are going to win. What's uh, the next match? <laughs> <laughs> Super Kick Party. And uh, I know that you know, there is no weight classes in Ring of Honor, and the Young Bucks typically are like in the heavyweight tag division. But this is a New Japan heavyweight tag team, and the latest episode of Being the Elite... Is, is Finley... I guess Finley is not a, a junior anymore, huh? No. And the, I didn't even think about that, bro. Yeah, in the latest episode of Being the Elite, Cody's telling the Young Bucks that they need to wrestle heavyweight. Well, they've been talking about it in other <clears throat> Being the Elites as well. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, they already did what? They've, they're seven-time champions and, in the juniors? Right. There's nothing more they can do in the junior division. Uh, this possibly could be a first step of them in the heavyweight division. Well, we'll get to it later, but they already took their first step this past weekend. Oh, yeah. In yep. Australia, yeah. yeah. in Australia. So, yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. So, I don't know. I mean, are the Young Bucks going to beat a he uh, New Japan heavyweight tag team, even though it's Young Boys? Like, not that Juice and Dave are Young Boys, but, I mean, 
They're definitely like lower mid card guys. Right, and to the Ring of Honor show. I mean, if anything, Finley's taking that fall, of course. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But uh, Meltzer driver all day. Yeah, Meltzer driver. That that match actually on paper, if you think about it, that that's gonna be a really good match. Dave Finley and Juice Robinson are an awesome tag team, and Nick and Nick and Matt. obviously the Young Bucks are awesome tag. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. I mean, they're not as good as Legion of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> What up, Rich? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. We need to have, like, a debate podcast one day where we just talk about the merits of the Legion of Doom. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Anyways, so I'm actually really looking... Out of everything so far, that looks the best on paper to me. Right. That's probably going to be very good. The next match I'm really looking forward to, it's a triple threat match with Kushida versus Takahashi versus Flip Gordon. Well, we're gonna get a lot of flips. Yes, flips. <laughs> I don't. Um, when can, can you remember the last time you saw a triple threat? And I mean, they happen, but they're pretty rare. Yeah, they are rare in New Japan. I can't think of the last time that I, we, that there was one. They do a lot more. Like, I mean, I've seen triple threat tags last year. If I think about it. Yeah, I mean, we had the whole War Machine, God, Killer Elite Squad. Yeah, it's been a while. If, yeah. if you, if I think about it, it's really been a while. I don't know why. Yeah. Hmm. Well, so this, this, this match is, is gonna, this match is going to be crazy. Yeah. So, uh, Huromu doesn't care about himself. Kushida, so far down on the card right now, he's got nothing to live for, anyways. <laughs> so he'll he'll risk it all. And Flip is this is this Flip's like New Japan uh, debut? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The, the Flat Earther so, makes his debut in Japan. Did, did you see that post I sent to the group? It was Zack Saber Jr. where he was a uh, wrestling flip, and he uh, he put a, he posted a picture of himself, and he was like, "The Earth is round, you stupid idiot." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, is Flip Gordon really a flat earther? I think it's a gimmick. I think he knows that it ups like it roused people up, and so he just like run, play, plays along with it. Hey, if you guys are flat earthers, let's talk about it. Hey, I'm a huge conspiracy theorist. I definitely don't believe in flat Earth whatsoever. <laughs> I was actually, I was with this uh, girl the other day, and she was telling me she thought the earth was flat, and I just, like, showed her something, and I was like, does this make sense to you? And she's like, no. I was like, okay. And then we just dropped it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, we like to hear about you guys. If you guys want to talk about conspiracy theorists, I'll do that all day. <laughs> so, yeah, Flip Gordon, this is his New Japan debut. I'm guessing he's going to be in the Best of the Super Juniors this year, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him get booked in the junior division throughout the year. I'm Especially if some guys are getting called up to heavyweight. Is he going to get a win over Kushida or Hiromu on his debut in New Japan? Uh, that's a tall order. It is. But if but they want could. if they want to get him over and get him hot for best of the Super Juniors. Well, Hiromu just lost, and I feel like he could probably handle the loss maybe a little bit. I don't know, but Kushida's eating yeah, some Yeah, Kushida's so far off the radar, like, he can eat, yeah, he can, uh, Flip can get the pin on him. He could probably get the pin on either guy right now. Right. To be honest. Yeah, we saw Flip Gordon a few months ago at the Ring of Honor show against Hangman Page in Dude, an awesome match. The first time you guys told me about Flip Gordon, I was like, who is Flip Gordon? I was like, he sounds like a 1950s like <laughs> superhero comic hero or like a like a golden age wrestler, like you know, in black and white, Flip Gordon. Like and then they're like, Oh well he does flips and I'm like, Alright, let's see him. But he's awesome. He's really, really, really good. This match is going to be crazy. I'm guessing, like, it'll probably be, like, 15 minutes of Fury, just guys killing themselves. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Who do you got in this match? 
I'm going to go with Flip Gordon just because I feel like you need to heat him up for best of the sleeper juniors. I was going to pick Flip. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go with Kushida. I'm, I think Kushida probably needs the win. I think Kushida is going to – I'm going to pick Kushida over Flip Gordon here. Okay. All right, next matchup is a six-man tag. We have Taguchi, Jay Lethal, and the Ring of Honor World Champion Dalton Castle going against best friends Chucky T and Beretta and Jay White. Maybe ex-best friends after what happened at PWG this past weekend. <laughs> right. Uh, so we don't get to follow PWG as much as we – well, at all. <laughs> well, hold on. Let's, let's say spoiler alert because – Okay. Yeah, some some alert. people wait to purchase the PWG DVDs and uh, don't follow the results at all. So, spoiler alert: if you follow PWG and you're waiting to get the DVD, you might want to skip ahead a couple minutes. But with that being said, obviously Chuck Taylor is the uh, PWG reigning world champion, and he wrestled Trent Question Mark this past weekend, and they are tag team called the Best Friends. And apparently, Chucky e. T hit. Uh, a bloody Trent Barrera with a low blow and rolled him up with a small package, got the one, two, three. And um, from all the reports, like, fans were livid because Chuck Taylor is like, they're Sami Zayn over there. Like, he's like one of the most endeared heroes that they have in PWG. And he's a ba- he's a white meat baby face over there. So the fact that he hit his own, fr- his own partner with a low blow to get the cheap win... Uh, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if that's going to play into any storylines with other promotions going forward or if, like, Right, because, I mean, they're booked as best friends in every other promotion that they wrestle in. Yeah. I don't know if they, like, ex- if PWG exists in a vacuum for most companies or if, like, there's continuity between them or if this is something they're going to be talking about on, like, Ring of Honor, like, television. I don't know. But uh, very interesting. So take that for what it's worth. Who knows? It could be a little, you know, a little bread trail to kind of follow for all you uh, conspiracy theorists out there wrestling. But, yeah, so this match, um, let's talk about Jay Lethal, man. So Jay Lethal's one of the biggest stars in Ring of Honor, and he is in no singles yeah, action I, at all. I'm completely honest. I'm quite disappointed that they did not have a singles match for Jay Lethal either night. Jay Lethal has been on a weird career trajectory ever since his feud with Adam Cole. Yeah, ever since last. he lost the title. Yeah. Ever since then, like, after they shaved his head, uh, what, he had the feud with uh, Silas Young, and I think he lost that yeah, He feud. did, yeah. And then it kind of, like, cooled him down, and since then, he's just kind of been doing different things, but he's been nowhere near, like, yeah, the man, man of that scene. Without the title and without Truth Martini and the House of Truth, it's been, like, a completely different Jay Lethal. I mean, we saw him... We well, saw him job the other night. <laughs> yeah, last weekend. Um, he runs a promotion here called Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling. It's a promotion in a school. And he was wrestling one of the top heels in the promotion. Uh, and spoiler alert for those of you people who are out there buying the tapes of Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling. <laughs> if you if you don't want to hear this part, you might want to skip a few minutes ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, he wrestled the top heel, Rod Grimes, and took the L. Yeah, but with that being said, uh, one thing that was interesting about that match was um, when we watched it, it was so funny. I don't think I've ever been to a live indie match that had as much heat as that ever. Like, that crowd was so freaking into that match. 
Um, too bad they put it in the middle of the card and it like killed the rest of the show entirely. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously Jay Lethal jobbing to like one of his students is nothing. At, like no one's gonna see that. Right. <laughs> Probably no one would even know about it except for all the millions and millions of viewers that listen to our show. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm, I am disappointed that Jay Lethal's not in any kind of storyline that's being progressed where, and he could have easily been in the next match that we're about to talk about after this, but yeah, so Jay Lethal's right there in the middle with Dalton Castle, Ring of Honor World Champion, and then uh, everyone's favorite pervert, (laughs) Raisuke Taguchi, (laughs) and uh, taking on this chaos team. Talk about this chaos team. It's going to be an interesting mix. So you got the best friends in Jay White, best friends kind of, they kind of tend to lean more on the comedy side in some matches. Um, and obviously, Jay White is completely a serious character. And I'm wondering if the best friends are going to try and hug Jay White at all in, oh, a, in this y- match. Uh, I didn't think of that, but I mean, that would be kind of a funny, like, little wrinkle to Jay White's character. Yeah. Um, another thing with this, too, is, you know, Jay White's had interactions with Lethal. Um, he's had interactions with Dalton Castle. Didn't he um, Didn't he go to, the, like, the time limit draw with Jay Lethal in his first match? I think he did, yeah. They got like booed out of the building. Like it didn't work out at all. Oh, they did. Uh. Yeah, I, I'm. If if Jay Lethal was the champion at the time, and I think he was, I think the deal was they brought him in and they wanted to like book him as a young boy, but like this hot prospect type young boy. So he went to the time limit with uh, the champion, which I think was Jay Lethal at the time, and the crowd was not having it. Like in theory, it sounded like it worked, but it really didn't. And. Uh, yeah, it didn't work out for Ring of Honor when they did that because yeah. no one believed he he could go the distance with you know Jay Lethal at the time. I mean Jay Lethal was on like his best run he ever had. Um, Chucky e. T and Trent Beretta are really good at playing like sniveling heels and like they're dicks in real life. Yeah. <laughs> so if if they have to do that with Jay White on this night, and I think they could because you got Taguchi, Lethal, and Dalton Castle. I mean that's a super face team right now. Um, what I, I know what Dalton Castle is about to defend against what Trent Beretta, right? Yeah, the next night, yeah. Oh, the next night, that's right. And then um I'm wondering if he has any like future storylines with any of these guys because Chucky e. T and Trent Beretta are both Ring of Honor regulars right now. Or even who knows, like what if uh just some fantasy booking here, what if there was tension between him and Jay in the match? Between uh Jay and Dalton? Yeah. Actually Dalton is defending the title against Jay the upcoming Ring of Honor show. Jay Lethal? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say I think we're going to see a Chaos win just because it's Chaos. They're they're the more cohesive unit right now. Trent Beretta is going to get the title shot the next night. If this was New Japan booking, Taguchi probably is going to take the loss, I'm assuming. Who knows? He'll probably get knocked yeah. out with those elbows. From yeah. I'm, yeah, that's what I was thinking. J.Y. over Taguchi. But, I mean, I don't know. It, they could even, like, have Beretta go over Dalton Castle. They could easily. Yeah. And set up the, the title match title match it. for the next night. Yeah. Or have Beretta. That what they'll probably do, since Beretta's getting a title shot, they'll probably have Beretta beat, beat. Taguchi. Yeah. So he looks strong going into the next night. Or at least that's what they probably should do. Right. But you never know with these, uh, these Honor Rising cards. I don't know. So, yeah. So that match looks decent. I mean, I, hey, anytime... I like Jay White, and anytime you get to see the best friends tag, it's going to be a good night. Yeah, so this, this will be a nice match. Yeah, and with Taguchi in there doing his comedy stuff, and the best friends doing theirs, and Dalton Castle, um, yeah, it should be good. 
All right, next matchup, we have a never openweight championship match. The champion, Hiroki Goto, will defend against the Beer City Bruiser. Yes! <laughs> my boy, the Beer City Bruiser. Oh, my God. So let's talk about this match. I gotta we've had a lot of discussion this week yeah, about this match. Yeah, off air, we've talked about this match a lot. I gotta say, I'm quite disappointed in the choice of the Bear City Bruiser for the challenger here. I understand you want uh, Goto to get a strong win and a strong title defense, but I feel like there are so many other guys from the Ring of Honor roster that they could have chose to go against Goto here. Um, I mean, I think Jay Lethal would have been a great option to go against Goto here. Um, there's just... As Bear City Bruiser, I mean, yes, he is a, a good worker for his size, but... I mean, I think he's a good worker for his size. I don't know if Jeremy truly holds that sentiment. I'm just... <laughs> dude, here's the thing. I want the best matchups possible. <laughs> if I'm sitting down looking at the New Japan roster and the Ring of Honor roster, and you say, Jeremy, we need to put Goto in a never-open-weight match... Who do you want to put him against? The Bear City Bruiser would not be the first guy <laughs> I came up with. You know, there's um, the last real man, Silas Young. That was my first thought. Like, yeah. the first guy I thought, I was like, well, it's the Never Division. It's a cross-branded show. If you're going to do, like, a dream match, quote-unquote, probably want to put him in with Silas Young. That's right. his name, right? Yes, the last real man, Silas Young. I mean, they could have used Jay Lethal. Um, Hangman Page has been getting a singles run. They could have used him. Uh, there's so many other guys in Ring of Honor that could have. Well, I saw like discussion where we're not the only people who thought Silas Young. I will say, before I heard anything, the, the second I looked at this card, I thought, Goto against Beer City Bruiser, why not Silas Young? And, by the way, where is Silas Young on this card? Very, you know, very interesting. But I saw people discussing there, like, oh, well, it wouldn't make sense because he's the champion. Um, he holds, the, what, the TV championship? The TV, yep. But apparently he just lost it. Uh, yes, he lost it back to Kenny King. So now that whole entire, like, oh, well, he's the champion and it's champion versus champion match gets thrown out entirely. So you could have had him probably go against Goto. But I think the problem here is, bro, who wants their who, – this is a cross – branded promotional card and I think we've run into this plenty of times whenever you have top stars from two different companies going at it who's going over and then you have to ask yourself Goto's a champion he's clearly not ready at this point to lose the title so who's going to put him over that's the real question right. Silas Young going to put him over Jay Lethal going to put over Goto now in Japan Goto might be a big star but um I don't know, man. Like, you know, Goto's not, like, seen as the biggest, like, I don't know, star in, to the North American crowd. Like, to the Ring of Honor smart crowd. They don't necessarily love Goto because of how much, like, stop-and-go stop, stop and go booking there's been with him over the years. Plus, like, he, we've talked about he he's missed – there's this one aspect of his character that's, like, kind of missing. Right. And, um 
they don't want to bring. I mean, they're already lacking for top guys in Ring of Honor with how many like departures they've had over the years. I mean, I think you even mentioned what Christopher Daniels was someone else you mentioned. Yeah, Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels. And I, I was like, dude, Christopher Daniels not putting over Goto in Japan. Like, uh, Lethal's not putting over Goto in Japan. So then it's like, well, then who who are we going to call him to do the job? Kazarian? Kazarian's not putting him over, bro. <laughs> Dude, Jay Lethal just put over Rob Grimes. He can put over Goto. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's the problem is just, I hey, this might not be the best match in the world, but for me, I will say this. I think Beer City Bruiser is vastly underrated. I think you watch more Ring of Honor than I do for sure. But I remember watching him when he was in the uh, top prospect the tournament. The top prospect tournament, and I was like, "This guy is, can really move." And when we like we talk about, I said this to Jeremy the other day. A lot of times we say like, "Oh, this guy can move for a size," like a Kevin Owens or other big guys. Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. They they can really move, but like those guys are like meat and potatoes fat. And, like, the Beer City Bruiser is, like, jelly donut, like, <laughs> he is really big. Like he's, he's fluffy. He's fluffy. And he can really go. He can really wrestle. He tells a great story in the ring. Uh, I've never seen him in a bad match. Now, I've never seen him in a blowaway match. I've never been like, oh, snap, this Beer City Bruiser match, four stars. Like, never seen that. But for his size, he's a really good worker, and I don't think that – uh, well, actually, I was about to say I don't think this will be a bad match. This probably will be a bad match. <laughs> After all that putting over, you're like, this is still going to be a bad match. It's still probably going to be a bad match. I don't know. I don't think Goto and him have ever worked together, and I don't imagine there's, like, a great story. I'm not sure that the Japanese crowd is going to be, like, behind Beer City Bruiser or anything like that. But um, I don't know. I just want to give all the sides of the anal- – I want to play devil's advocate a little right. bit, I guess. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they could have had uh, Christopher Daniels dressed up as Curry Man. Yeah, Curry Man is over in Japan. Exactly. They could have <laughs> Curry Man versus Goto, man. That would have been a hot match. They could have had the American Dragon come in. <laughs> the American Dragon and Daniel Bryan are two different guys. Okay. Come in with the mask. Yeah. And win the title. And then beat, <laughs> beat everybody. everybody. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't expect much from this match. I just think, like... I don't know. They they didn't have anything for Goto to do. They wanted Goto on the show. He's got to beat somebody. I mean... People didn't like when it was Punishment Martinez last year. Um, who's the one the one big black guy that was in the four-way with uh, them on pay-per-view the other night? Uh, Shane Taylor. They could have done Shane Taylor. He's pretty good, too. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Shane Taylor would probably be, maybe, he'd probably be a better guy, but Goto's going to win, so it's like, might as well do Beer City Bruiser. Yeah, I guess so. All right, so moving on to the main event of night one. Big six-man main event here. The Golden Lovers, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, teaming up with the honorary Tongan Chase Owens against the Bullet Club team of the villain Marty Skrull, Hangman Page, and Cody. So we definitely need to talk about this match, but there's been so much. There's so much surrounding this match. Is this where we want to talk about all the storylines surrounding this? Well, whole thing? there's another Golden Lovers at, in the next. Okay. Uh, next night. So let's cover Honor Rising, and then we'll talk about all what's surrounding um, this Golden Lovers Bullet so Club storyline. It's, like, it's, it's just weighing on my mind, bro. So much. So complicated. <laughs> Why does it have to be so complicated? <laughs> um, if you guys are, don't know what we're talking about, you need to watch the, not the last being the Elite, but the one before where Marty Scrawl uh, sings Complicated by Avril Lavigne. It is so funny. 
Oh man, so yeah, so uh, let's just put this out there. This is the first time that Kenny Omega and Kota Bushi have teamed since like, what, 2013? Yeah. So that's a long time. I mean, uh, and we're getting it with uh, Chase Owens. A little Chase action. Right, and we know that um, Omega and Owens, they teamed in the World Tag League, what was that? Two, Two years, years ago. ago? Yeah. Yeah. When Owens was still a uh, junior. <laughs> he really wasn't a junior, but he was still a junior. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're starting to kind of see, like, the interesting divides in Bullet Club here. And it's funny, uh, Marty Scroll tweeted out that he did not agree to this matchup. So he's still kind of hesitant going against Kenny. We've seen that Hangman and Cody have kind of been buddy-buddy um, throughout this whole dissension, especially in the last being the elite. They were kind of always together. I mean, if we're being honest here... The entire both teams is completely comprised of Bullet Club members, except for Kota Ibushi. Right. So that's what makes this whole thing even more intriguing: is that you're getting Chase against Hangman Cody and Skrull. Um, although I don't know how much I've ever seen Chase really interact with any of them. Right. They're, he's hardly interacted. Major- Usually he's with the Tongans, and that's about it. I. I do think it's worth mentioning. Someone had pointed this out that I was reading. They said, you know, if you think about it in this context, this is New Japan versus Ring of Honor because Abushi, Owens, and Omega are all signed strictly to, to New Japan. And Skrull, Hangman, and Cody, even though they're in New Japan, they're Ring of Honor. They're Ring of Honor talent. So there's that aspect to it too, even though they're all on this like same team or whatever. Um, and I mean, I don't know. You got Abushi and Cody's beef. Hangman Page and Omega's beef. Obviously, Omega and Cody. Skrull's caught in the middle. Owens is kind of caught in the middle. This is... It's kind of crazy, to be honest with you. And I did not expect for this to be a main event of this card at all. I didn't expect them, the Golden Lovers to team up for a while. I mean, yeah, me either. I didn't... I'm not great at predicting, like, cards and, like, storylines like that. So I didn't really have a thought, but I kind of thought like it wouldn't be until after like the New Japan Cup that we started seeing things like kind of develop, but it's happening fast, man. Yeah. Like really fast. Things are moving, yeah. And I don't know where it's really heading, to be honest, too much. Yeah, I mean, there's multiple uh, storyline directions they can take. I was hoping, though, that we wouldn't really see Omega and Cody go at it till April, but I mean, it's... You know, February, and we're getting we're getting the first match between them in what's probably going to be multiple matches leading up into their their singles matches, sing, Super Card of Honor. I do think that that's worth noting, though. I thought that when that match was announced for Super Card of Honor, I was like, why is Ring of Honor getting that match and right. not New Japan when it was built in New Japan primarily? Right. So this shows you kind of the partnership between them, but at least New Japan is still benefiting from this storyline and from this uh, you know from from this match going forward I don't know what to think here to be honest with you um, I kind of have a f- I'm leaning towards uh, the, the Golden Lovers team getting the win here since you know this is a big reunion and uh, in the Golden Lovers uh, comeback documentary we saw that they were uh, training together and practicing uh, new moves and getting their sync back together well, who would take the fall in that scenario? Like, Skrull because he's a junior or Hangman because it's Hangman Page? <laughs> I would say because it's New Japan, Skrull would probably end up getting pinned because he's a My junior. My God. I'm, getting, I'm so sick of this, bro. Of the, like, the junior heavyweight uh, 
dissension, dis- difference? Uh, yeah, it's stupid. Like, he shouldn't, like, clearly Skrull's the bigger star and the more important guy than Hangman Page. Like, Hangman's there, there he's he's lower on the totem pole than Marty Skrull is. Oh, my God. I don't know. Uh, I, I But Hangman, he did get pick up some wins his last time he was in Japan, though. Yeah. This is very uh, complex. I mean, this is a convoluted storyline to some degree. I don't know what to really expect. It's going to be interesting to see Omega and Ibushi team up for the first time in all that time. Um, I don't know how Owens is going to play into all this. I don't know how Hangman and Skrull are going to receive Cody. Um, There have been issues with Cody and the rest of the guys. Well, not with Hangman. Hangman's been cool with Cody. And last being the elite, um, Hangman and Cody have seemed to have no issues with each other. And, you know, Hangman was ready to hit uh, Kenny with the chair. You're, you're not wrong. But to me, I feel like Hangman is an opportunist. Maybe this is me reading into it, but I feel like whichever side is going to be the winning side, quote unquote, I don't see him as being so, like, so much of a stubborn, like, stick to his guns type of guy where, like, He's gonna die. Like he's gonna take a stand with Cody if he knows Cody's going out. I feel like he, he he would definitely turn on Cody. Oh yeah. So you know what I'm saying. So I feel like, and he didn't necessarily. I mean, yes, he did start to turn on Kenny, but in a way, Kenny was kind of wrong. Right. Like Kenny was stealing his moment and like kind of being. It's like that old Hulk Hogan thing. Like Hulk Hogan always was like the good guy in all his feuds. But he was always doing stuff that anyone who was, like, a real-life person would get pissed at Hogan for. Like, <laughs> yo, if, if I was macho and he was touching on my woman like that, yeah, we're going to have heat, brother. Like, <laughs> Or, like, if I'm Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and you don't tag me in the whole freaking match, we're going to have heat, brother. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, people – he that was always Hogan's, like, M.O. Oh, my God. Or, yeah, so, I mean, Hogan used to always do that stuff. And Kenny is kind of in a somewhat similar position. Like, Cody's supposed to be a bad guy. He probably shouldn't have stopped Cody from attacking Coda. But, you know, um, clearly, like, Kenny is trying – was saving his friend. But in the in the stance of, like, Hangman Page challenging Jay White, he should just let him challenge him. Right. If he would just let him challenge him, there'd be no, like, problem right now. Or at least if there was a problem, it would have been – it wouldn't have blown up like blown this. Blown up right then and there. But Kenny, like, even though Kenny is the good guy and we're fans of Kenny, if you're just being realistic about it, like, Kenny's being selfish. A little bit. And Kenny as the leader of the Bullet Club has always been more about Kenny than about the Bullet Club being, like, you know, number one or, or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. So that's where, like, and Cody... Is talking about bringing the Bullet Club up, even though behind the scenes it seems like maybe he's destroying the Bullet Club. I don't even know. Well, to him, Bullet Club is fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really know what's going to happen here. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see Omega and Cody finally come to blows. I mean, yeah, we saw Cody attack Kenny, but uh, this this is definitely the most intriguing match on the card by far. Yes. All right, let's. Uh, Who do you got? I'm going. I'm going with Golden Lovers and Owens. Okay, so the the Tongan Golden Lovers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna go with them too, just because I 
don't feel like it would be a great way to start off that feud with having Omega and Ibushi lose their first match back right. together. I mean, th- there is a chance maybe the Owens could get pinned if that team was to lose. Yeah, that could happen. I mean, that's kind of Chase Owens. Like, that's his role. I love Chase Owens. Yeah, so do I. Can't, I. I can't keep telling you guys how much I, I'm putting this guy over. Like, I, I'm I'm almost like a bigger Owens mark. That No, that's overkill. I like overselling <laughs> it. But I like Owens a lot. Like, I really, really like him. So yeah, so this uh, seven seven matches, huh? Yeah, man, it's like what? what the last card was like what? Like twelve? Mm. It was a lot. Yeah, some, uh, some, something like that. It's gonna be a nice change of pace. <laughs> to have like seven matches on a night. Yeah. So night two is February twenty fourth. Opening contest: Toa Hanare against the Bear City Bruiser. Oh, so God. <laughs> if that doesn't give away the results from the first night right there. Like, this is what I'm talking about. You have, you put him in the never open match the first night, and then he's in the opening contest against Toa Hanare the next night. Here's another thing, another thing I want to point out. If Goto was the IC champion, and it was their a main belt, then I think yeah we see Goto against a big star. But I think because it's the never belt, they're like at this point fourth highest up title. Maybe even fifth. It's probably lower than the junior title at this point. So it's like their European belt at this point. You know what I mean? Right. No one's gonna. Ring of Honor does not want one of their main guys losing to their fifth ranked champion. Does that make sense? Yeah. If it was the icy title, totally different story. And I think that's why. Um, is Hanari beating the Beer City Bruiser? Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I think this is going to be good, actually. I'm more excited about Toa Hanari and Beer City Bruiser <laughs> than I am about Goto and Beer City Bruiser, to be honest with you. Like, Hanari, I don't really like Hanari. I know a lot of people like him, but the way he just fires up and, like, shoots on guys and hits them so freaking hard. I think this is a good opportunity to give Hanari his first swing. Beer City Bruiser's a stiff guy. Yeah, he is. Like, he hits hard, so I think this is going to be interesting. Um, yeah, I think Hanari could win here. I'll go with Hanari. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm feeling an RA here also. Although I don't know, they could pay they could pay Beer City Bruiser back for uh, losing to for losing to Goto the night before. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'll I'll stick to my guns. <laughs> Hanari. All right. All right. Next matchup, we have David Finley, Juice Robinson, and Jay Lethal taking on Hikaleo, Chase Owens, and Yujiro Takahashi. Wow. Why isn't Jay Lethal in a singles match, man? It's still blowing my mind. It's blowing my mind, too, man. I don't get it. Like, I understand maybe not a title match, but there could have been, there's got to be some somebody that they could have did a one-on-one match with. I remember, I actually paid for the Best in the World pay-per-view when he wrestled Jay Briscoe. Oh, for the title for title? Yeah. They they got me. <laughs> They worked you, brother. They worked me. And um, at the time, I was like, dude, this guy's got to go to WWE. And at this point, I'm starting to feel like, man, he might have made a mistake not going because he did everything there is to do in Ring of Honor. And there's nowhere else for him to go, really. And he's never been... I, I feel like maybe part of the reason is he's never gotten over in Japan. Every time he's been there, it's, they've been dead for Jay Lethal for whatever reason, you know? None of his... Mat- I mean, like, we talk about Cody being dead. Like, Jay Lethal's way worse. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. 
I, I would hope that he'd get better, like more well received in Japan because I think Jay Lethal's fantastic. Well, he's teaming with Juice and Dave. Yeah, and those are well, Juice definitely is over with the crowds. Dave, Dave, depending on the, the city, I feel gets good crowd crowd reactions. I feel like this could easily be a night where I don't know. I feel like Bullet Club's gonna get the win here. I feel like Jay Lethal's team's gonna get the win. He should, but they got Dave Finley on their team. <laughs> and I like, I just like have this rule of thumb: like if Dave Finley's on the team, they're losing. It doesn't matter like if Tom that, Osh that, is there. That's a good analysis. Um, yeah, so I think yeah, you might be right. I think Bullet Club might actually get the win there. I'm gonna take. Uh, no, you're probably right though. I mean, they've got Juice and Jay on the same team. Does that does that equal out? It does kind of equal out, but then it's like, well, but then Dave's there and he's the weak link. And if he, <laughs> if they lose, that's how it'll be. Yeah. <sighs> Man. So yeah. All right. I don't really have to. I think it'll just be your standard like six man tag schmas, like you know, just whatever. All right. Next up, we got a junior tag match. Taguchi is teaming up with Flip Gordon to take on the LIJ team of Bushi and Takahashi. Nice. That will be good. Um, I'm taking LIJ. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've mentioned this all the time, how cohesive LIJ are. They're the more established team. I think Flip gets the, the win the first night, and then Takahashi will get a win here. I saw someone say that they need to start having Taguchi and... Uh, and uh, Kushida wrestle together and call it Back to the Funky Future. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would give Kushida something to do. But the reason I'm going with B- uh, Bushi and Hiromu is because they don't really have anything to do right now. And I think that Sho and Yo need, like, challengers. And I think it makes more sense to, to fire them up, kind of like what they're doing right now with uh, Chaos, right. you know? Mm-hmm. So this match should probably be very good. I love the team Ibushi and Hiromu Takahashi, and I hope that they start like teaming together more. So I'm going to go with them, just hoping. And then we have the fourth match here, 60 minutes, time limit. <laughs> Never open weight, six-man tag team championship. We have the team of Cheeseburger, Delirious, and Jushin Thunder Liger taking on Fale, Tematanga, Tengaloa, the OG Bullet Club. So uh, what's going to happen here? I think the Tongan boys are going to successfully defend the never six-man titles here against Cheeseburger, Delirious, and Liger. I do, too, but let's put this out there. Anything can happen when it's the six-man Anything could happen in the World Wrestling Federation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When it's that six-man tag team open weight championship, I mean, we've seen that title change hands so many times. But I would be more leaning to a title change if there was a little bit different people. If Delirious wasn't on the team. Right. Delirious, he's has, he's not a full-time guy in Ring of Honor anymore. He's actually on the creative team. He's like the head booker. So he's rarely on Ring of Honor TV. Um, Liger is not always in the U.S. If it was, um, who, who, who would have to be there for you to, like, consider it? Maybe, like, Tiger Mask? Uh, Probably not who, even. Yeah. Maybe if it's Kushida. Yeah, yeah. If they had Kushida, Cheeseburger, and Liger, I think I'd be like, they could switch the titles here. They probably wouldn't even then. But right. I'd be like, it. Yeah. 
cheeseburger with the titles around his waist and like he couldn't even hold up the belt. It, like wouldn't would be around. hilarious. It'd be so funny, but and we know cheeseburgers over huge in Japan. So I think cheeseburgers eating the bad luck fall or the hand grenade, one or the other, and he's or you know, and he's done, donezo. Or we can see uh, magic killer. Because do they use the magic killer? Uh, they don't use magic killer, do they? They use um, the, some, it's like the magic, magic killer, the, the Tongan twist or something. Uh, that sounds racist. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they don't call it that. I think it is. <laughs> I don't know what they. Oh, I, I, because I think uh, Lij is the ones who are using the magic. Killer. Yeah. I think that the move that God uses is like I. I think I always think it's the magic killer too, but it's like just it's like it's, it's like a, a reverse bit. magic killer. Yeah, it's like basically the magic killer. Yeah. So yeah, so I think uh, God retains here. That should be pretty pretty fun while right. it lasts. Then the next match is another six man tag match. We have the Chaos team of Chucky e. T, Yoshihashi, and Jay White against the Hung Bucks, <laughs> Nick Jackson, Mac Jackson, and Hangman Page. Oh man. So, Yoshihashi, man. And the Hung Bucks are the Ring of Honor six man tag team champions. They're not defending the belts here? No. Why even be champions if you're not going to defend your belts on a Ring of Honor show in Japan? Yeah, you would think that they would put the titles up against the line unless they're losing them before this show or if they lost them already. I know that they're supposed to be defending against um, Daniels, Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. I'm not sure when that title defense... Did that happen already? I'm not 100% sure. I know it's happening. I don't know if it happened already or it's, it's to come. I'm going to look up the results, and for those of you who watch Ring of Honor television every week, spoiler alert, you might want to skip forward a few minutes <laughs> here. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the spoiler alert edition of the Keeping It Strong style. Um, so yeah, this is an interesting team on the chaos side. Yes, I mean, yeah, you got Chucky e. T, who's like, I guess he's part of chaos, but like barely. Yeah, just because he teams just with Beretta. Just because he teams with Beretta. Then you got Yoshihashi, which we already flamed that dude. Last <laughs> week. Like, oh God. And then Jay White, who's on the outskirts. So I mean, th- I can't imagine a less cohesive version of a six-man tag coming out of uh, Chaos, for sure. And then you got, you know, the Hung Bucks, which with everything that's been going on in the storyline, I wonder how, what's going to happen with Hangman Page teaming with the the Bucks still, you know? Right. And how that's going to work out. I'm guessing... I don't know. You tell me what you think. I'm, I think the Hung Bucks will get the win here. First of all, they're the they're the champ, ROH six man champions. You want them looking strong going into their title defense. Um, and then Chucky e. T, Yoshihashi, and JY have never teamed together. There's no cohesiveness on that side there. And um, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Hangman maybe even getting the pin on Jay White, or maybe he'll pin Yoshihashi and then once again challenge Jay White. That could happen. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Now that you put that, I was gonna say I was like, you know, with this whole thing with Jay White trying to pull apart the Bullet Club, and there's already tension there. I wouldn't be surprised if that plays into this story here, and they take a loss. But you're probably right. Hangman will probably win. I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with my gut, and for some weird reason, I'm gonna say Chaos is getting the win here. Okay. It's it's a weird pick. Who's eating the pinfall? You know what? I, I wanted to say Hangman, 
But I, I'm gonna say like Matt, Nick or Matt. I don't know because they're juniors. I would well, who knows? It well, might, they they might, might it might be heavyweights. But I would say Matt just because he's still been selling the back injury. That's what I was thinking. I was like Matt because he's still injured, and I'm like, you know what? Like there that could play into the tension of everything, and then Jay like just causing more turmoil. Um, who knows? You're probably right, but I'm just going to throw a weird one out there. I'm just going to go with Jay White. Okay. I think Jay White's going to get the win. All right. Next up, we have a Ring of Honor World Championship match. The Ring of Honor World Champion, Dalton Castle, defending against Beretta. Yeah, so th- this should be excellent. Yeah, this should be a very, very good match. Both of these guys are great wrestlers. Beretta really turns it up when he gets these single match opportunities. Bro, I was thinking about this earlier today. Like, Trent Beretta is the dude from, like, WWE. From FCW. The Dude Busters. Was he he on SmackDown for a little bit? Or he was just, like, on Superstar? He didn't even... I don't think he even made to the main roster. No, he did. He did? Yeah. Oh, wasn't he on on ECW? I think he was. Like, we'll have to look it up, but I... I think he was on the main roster before he ended up going back to like NXT and all that. Because I, because I Cause know, he was like on Superstars. Cause I remember for sure because I used to go to the FCW shows here in Tampa. Him and Kalen Croft were the Dude Busters tag team. Oh really? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna look it up right now, real time. This is happening. Yeah, I, I, maybe he was on the main roster. Just no, nah, he was. Like, and if he wasn't, then I'm wrong. <laughs> Yep, he was on ECW on Sci-Fi in 2009. That's right, he was on ECW. Yeah. Then he was he was part of SmackDown from 2010 to 2012. Then he went back to NXT from 2012 to 2013. Yeah, dude. That's why I was like, this guy was on like SmackDown. He was like part, but he like pretty much was just always on Superstars. Right, they wasted the wasted this guy, man. This is like one of those guys that like left. WWE and like made a name on the indies, but nobody thinks of him as a WWE guy at all. Like, there's yeah. nothing about like you. You're not like, oh, Trent, the guy from WWE. It's like, or Juice. Like, no one's like, oh, Juice, the WWE guy. Like, yeah. these are guys who went out and like did something for themselves, and now they're like stars. You know, kind of crazy. Um, but uh, I don't think Dalton Castle is losing his belt in uh, Japan. No, I don't think so either. I am curious to see how the Japan audience is going to react. Dalton Castle and the boys. Yeah, I wonder if he, the boys will be with him. Will he get Japanese boys? He's done that in the past. I know. Usually, I know. I think last year they did that. Uh, I know when usually when he goes to other promotions, he'll find different boys for, from that promotion. Yeah, but they know Trent. I think Dalton will kind of like play a quasi like not full heel, but I think he'll be more. He'll have more heelish tendencies in this match. Um, Unless, I don't know, Trent is good enough to, like, he can play heel or face any night when he needs to. I think I think he's a, a great babyface in peril. He's he's really good as a babyface in peril, but he can play the sniveling heel at any point, too, and, like, cheat his way, and, like, he's great at that, too. And he can get, he could probably get Dalton over as a face, but um, I don't know. I don't know if this will be the start of us seeing, like, Dal- Dalton's the Ring of Honor world champion. Uh, in the past, they used to, like, really bring in the Ring of Honor World Champion for shows, and they've kind of gotten away from that ever since. Well, I guess they haven't. No, because Cody was the Cody last. Cody was. But this is the first. I mean, it's been a little while since Cody lost the title. 
this is the first time we're seeing Dalton, and it's not even a real New Japan show, you know? Right. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how, like, if this will be the start of Dalton coming over or not, you know? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think Dalton's going over. 60-minute time limit. I'm going to say this is going Broadway. <laughs> I don't this is going to be a throwback. This is going to be a catch us <laughs> classic in the vein of Luthez and Jim uh, Kaniski. Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, but uh, I think Dalton Castle is going to win probably like, who knows, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, hit him with the bangerang. One, two, three. I really like the bangerang. I like, I like the bangerang. What is it? It's like the bangerang. I've seen him do it. I'm always just like, eh, it's so, it doesn't look like a finish to me. Uh, I don't know. I like it. I'm sure people do. <laughs> I don't know. Dalton Castle's okay. I think he's got great character work, but every time I see him, I'm always I, underwhelmed by his matches. Anyway, I like I like Dalton Castle, and you know uh, Meltzer kind of mentioned this the other day, and I kind of have the same feeling. I feel like Dalton was a lot hotter like six months ago. Yeah, and like I kind of wanted him to win the belt like back then. Now I don't feel he's as hot as he used to be. And, like, even though he's, like, the Ring of Honor world champion, he's not the top, like, ring, like, got top guy in Ring of Honor that gets, like, the biggest reactions, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I like Dalton Castle. Um, I'm a mark for anybody who has an amateur wrestling background. Um, he was a great college wrestler. He has some awesome suplexes. But, yeah, he's definitely not as hot as he used to be. And it's going to be interesting to see where this Ring of Honor title run goes. Don Castle has, like, his moves are good. Like, he's supremely athletically gifted, and I get that. And, like, he's fundamentally sound. It's just sometimes the psychology of his matches, when I watch him, I'm just not really drawn in for whatever reason. Maybe maybe I need to watch more of his stuff to, like, get, uh, you know, I don't know sold on it yeah but the banger ring yeah so it's the one where it, it looks like the Alabama slam and then he spins, spins him around yeah I don't know man it looks like a transition move like to me like when he hits him with it I'm like I don't buy that it's a finish I'm just mm. like they should be kicking out that should be like a setup for his real finish but right. I don't know I, I'm a mark for all these strike finish now <laughs> So, yeah, but that match will be good. Um, Dude Buster, one, two, three, new champion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right, so then we got the final, or the, you know, final match of this card. Uh, Tag, super special tag team dream match. Yeah, Golden Lovers, Kota Ibushi and Ken Omega going against the Bullet Club team of Marty Skrull and Cody. Oh, man. So, we already kind of, like, talking about the first night, a lot of the same, like, equal like tensions and intrigue is there except we already will have at this point seen the first night so I'm guessing whatever happens the first night this is definitely going to build off of that yeah now here's my question to you are Kota Bushi and Kenny Omega going to go 2-0 two, two on this tour I mean I, if, if I had the book I would put them 2-0 get them as hot as possible is Cody just going to get jobbed every match of the whole series I don't uh, think that I don't think that's happening man yeah I don't even know what's I mean we haven't even talked about well I mean they could they could lose um the Golden Lovers could lose the six man match and they get the win here I don't know I feel like the Golden Lovers I mean they are they're gonna be teaming in other other promotions going forward 
Yeah, but but it's just one. I mean, the only other promotion that we know for sure is well is WrestleCon. We're gonna be there. Yeah, they're teaming against uh, the best friends. But are they gonna show up in Ring of Honor? Well, I mean, we don't know yet. Yeah, this is tough, man. This is really really tough. You know what? I'm gonna change my pick. I'm gonna say that. Oh man, this is so. I tough. mean, I mean, they could cheat. Cody could cheat to beat. Roll up Coda, roll up Kenny. What are you thinking? That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say the first... I could be wrong here, but I think the first night, the Golden Tongans are going to win. And then on the second night, I think Cody's going to stand tall so that that builds more intrigue going forward for this feud. I don't think Cody's getting jobbed every single night of the whole feud. Well, I mean, even if... Both if he loses both night, his he's not getting pinned. He's not gonna get pinned, but I don't think like Skrull's gonna. I mean, if anyone lose, Skrull would have to probably lose twice in a row. Right. Well, he's a, he's the junior of the team. It doesn't matter. I don't think that's happening, especially since uh, I don't. I just don't see that happening. I think he is gonna cheat, and I think he's gonna get a win, and I think he's gonna get a win over Kenny Omega. Hmm. I think he's gonna pin Ken- Kenny Omega. One, two, three. It'll be a cheap win, I think. I think it'll be, like, some sort of roll-up, some sort of... Or he could even hit him. He could hit him with the freaking crossroads and pin him. Yeah. That could happen. And I think that... I I, I imagine that we'll get some sort of crazy angle coming out of one of these two nights to close the show. But that's what I'm going to say. That's my pick. I'm taking... I'm taking uh, Cody and, and Skrull for the second night. Hmm. And you yeah. got Golden Lovers? Yeah, I got Golden Lovers. Dang. And let's start, let's talk about now. Let's talk about the Golden Lovers and the Bullet Club and all the you know issues surrounding um, these matches. So this week they had the Golden Lovers documentary on New Japan World, and they do have subtitles for um, the parts where Ibushi's talking and the Japanese media when they're asking Koda and Kenny questions. So pretty much the gist of this documentary, if you haven't watched it yet, is pretty much just kind of telling the story of the reunion of these friends, Coda and Kenny. They're at a, I think it's like Coda's like training location. Coda invites Kenny and the media there. They're working on new moves. They're, they want to combine the Kamagoye and the V-Trigger for their new finish. They're working on the double golden triangle moonsault. Um, There's practicing all these tandem moves. And then they get interviewed and just talking about um, the importance of their friendship. And Kota, you know, is talking about how he's always been watching Kenny Omega's matches and was shocked when he lost to Jay White. And just talking about like why they saved each other. And so it's about 15 minutes. Definitely a good little insight to learn the history about them and just um, the reuniting. It was done really well. Yeah. Like the way it was shot and presented, like New Japan's team is excellent at putting together like videography. I don't know if anyone saw the one that they did with Jericho, like on the road recently or the one they just did with Sonata, like when they do these special behind the scenes, like they do really good work and the Golden Lovers documentary was done really well. Um, It is interesting just between what's going on with being the elite 
And then, like, Tamatonga has his own channel. A lot of people don't know he has his own channel. It's very, people are always like, well, why is Neon being the elite? And it's like, he has his own being the elite. Right. <laughs> and, um, and then, so it's like, you've got the stuff going on in Ring of Honor. You got the stuff going on in New Japan. Then you've got the stuff that the Tongans are doing on their YouTube page. The stuff that the, the U.S. Bullet Club's doing on their uh, YouTube page. And then New Japan's putting out this, like, um, documentary. It's, like, super meta yeah. now. Like, the way that, like, wrestling storylines are progressing. I remember um, when Punk first came back. Well, not first came back, but when... <laughs> I wish Punk would come back. <laughs> but when Punk first started the Summer of Punk storyline and he cut that promo... Pipe bomb. The pipe bomb promo, and he was like, I might go defend this title in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I might go to Ring of Honor. And I was like, what is happening in wrestling? <laughs> and, like, right around that same time, they started, like, pushing, like, social media stuff. I remember John Moxley, which is Dean Ambrose, did that. Uh, do you remember when he did that storyline? With Mick Foley. With Mick Foley. He was an FCW, yep. Yeah, and it was all happening at the same time, and I was like wrestling's getting real <laughs> and like not too long after that when Lesnar came back and he like hard way opened up uh, Cena and I was like wrestling is like taking a shift and now it never really ultimately became what I thought it was going to become and I thought like this new age wrestling was opening up and it never really happened but slowly but surely we're starting to see on the indie scene the implementation of these other elements because now we've got guys and to some degree they do it in WWE so don't get me wrong I'm not saying that they don't but nobody at all in wrestling today is able to do this the way that the Bullet Club is doing it with the way they're forwarding their storylines through their YouTube channel and through their social media and then between having different companies work together it's actually unprecedented and it's I don't know what's going to happen so well and one of the big things in this whole storyline is what exactly happened in room 710 <laughs> I know I know some like I'm joking but I'm serious like what happened in room 710 it's, start, it's starting to get kind of like weird like it no was talking about it well in being the elite um, Nick and Matt they had a therapy session with Flip Gordon they told Flip what happened in room 710 but they y'all didn't hear it but in the Golden Lovers documentary, the Japanese media did ask what happened in Room 710. Hmm. And Kenny Omega said it was a peace treaty, a peace offering. between. He, he talked about how Nick and Matt are his best friends. And he wanted to make sure that he was cool with them. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, it kind of, because uh, those guys are like fans of like... Um, you know, different like pop culture and stuff. And when they talk about like Room 710, it reminds me of like in The Shining, like Room 234. Yeah. Like, what happened in Room 234? Like it's it's really like weird. Um, so, I mean, so let's give a rundown. So, like during the Golden Comeback documentary, they basically talked about the fact that like they're going to be teaming together going forward, right? Right. Essentially. So, like, they kind of said that. Did they make any mention of like the Bullet Club or what's going to happen with that? Pretty much, um, Kenny was just talking about, yes, there is dissension in the Bullet Club right now. Mm-hmm. But, he was, but he was more focused on saving his friendship with the Young Bucks. Gotcha. Yeah. And he, you know, he wants, and he was talking about, you know, how, yes, the Bullet Club used to be, like, all about underhanded tactics. But he always didn't agree with those methods. But he was just like the junior guy and the young bucks, and he had no—I mean, the Bullet Club—and he had no say. But when it was time for him to take over the Bullet Club, he didn't want it to be about them cheating 
and underhand tactics. He wanted. I mean, that's what he says. That's. I don't know. <laughs> he says he wants. I still remember the Tanahashi match. I still remember the Michael Elgin matches. So yeah. he can say that. But I remember he was a heel. <laughs> that man was a heel. <laughs> <laughs> but he said he wanted the Bullet Club to be about them being the best wrestlers bell to bell. I guess. I mean, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, to me, like, the Bullet Club, when they first came out, the, the whole idea of, like, the Bullet Club was, like, they were mocking the fact that everybody in New Japan was shooters. So they were calling themselves the real shooters, even though none of them could actually, like, shoot. shoot yeah. And the parody just that like Japanese people think that Americans love guns and love, like that's what they think about us they're like they love guns they're they're Americans they they eat red steak and they eat potatoes you know and they shoot guns they shoot guns and they drink beer and they love Trump <laughs> um, so I mean that was the idea like that's why they were the bullet club but it was about like bringing the gang mentality of Western factions into New Japan. And you'd kind of seen that with some groups in the past. It's not like they're the first ones ever, but they're the most notorious and the most, they brought the most notoriety. And in New Japan, they took it to a new level, like where it almost got ridiculous how like they weren't losing any matches because they were just cheating every match in the, the freaking refereeing never stopped them from like implementing this stuff. I mean, dude, Kenny Omega's, Matches and like uh, freaking Prince Devitts and AJ, AJ Styles. Styles. The whole group would be out there with him. Right. It's like he, they'd come out there for a title defense, and you've got like twelve guys outside, <laughs> and then you got like Tanahashi out there with like who, like Captain New Japan. Like fuck, oh, hey. <laughs> how's that gonna help? <laughs> and even he switched. Right, Bone Soldier. <laughs> my God, that was like one of the. They talk about jumping the shark. That was like one of the first signs. Like, oh my, that's terrible. <laughs> But yeah, so um, what happened on being the elite, basically, with Cody and them? So pretty much Cody's whole thing is Bullet Club is fine. He made the t-shirts. He um, got um, Barry the drug-free bear. What is that? Uh, well, you know, the, the whole, you know, being the elite, their whole thing is like. They're uh, drug-free. Yeah, they don't drink. They don't Being do drug-free is the way to be. They're straight edge, brother. <laughs> And so, yeah, the, the the bear's name is Barry, B-U-R-Y. Like, I'm going to bury you, brother. Um, That's kind of funny, but I don't know. And so, Cody, he's pretty much trying to be buddy-buddy with everybody. He's telling the young bucks they need to be heavyweights. He's telling Marty's girl he needs to start a real villain club. Uh he at one point the young bucks were going out for their match and Nick left his phone on the couch next to Cody and Kenny was calling and he hit the climb oh, really? on, on the call. <laughs> well, it was funny when he said that. He was like, "Well, Matt likes me better." Yeah. <laughs> so he hit the climb on the call and like Barry like stuck his head around the corner. He's like, "What are you looking at, Barry? Don't judge me. Go take a poop in the woods or something." <laughs> oh my god. Um, you know we talk about like how. Jay White has this underhanded character and it seems like he's causing dissension in his group and trying to tear apart like the Bullet Club but these underhanded tactics you do start to question like what are Cody's motivations is Cody just trying to take over the Bullet Club and make it into what he wants it to be or is he like actually like trying to destroy it you know because it almost seems like that's what he's Maybe it's what he's trying to do, or maybe he doesn't realize that that's what he's doing, and he just can't help himself. Yeah, I think ultimately he wants to lead the Bullet Club, right? But I don't think he realizes that he's tearing it apart by trying to boot Kenny out. Yeah, 
Well, Kenny needs to go anyways. <laughs> yeah. And then also there was one scene where um, Marty and the Young Bucks were in a hotel room meeting. And Marty called the Young Bucks the real leader of the Bullet Club. Who did? Marty. He called the Young Bucks the leaders? Yeah. He's like, he said, we all know that the Young Bucks are the real leaders of the Bullet Club. I mean, in a way, that's kind of true. Like, the fact of the matter is when... Um, you know, when they were calling AJ Styles the leader of the Bullet Club, he was, like, technically the de facto leader, but he was only the de facto leader because, uh, what's his face? Carl Anderson. Carl Anderson gave him that distinction. Carl Anderson was, like, the quote-unquote co-leader, but he was he was one of the OGs, so, like, his, like, basically approving of him and giving him that, that leadership role is what what solidified him it's like in mafia movies like he made him you know? <laughs> right and uh the young bucks made kenny because when kenny kicked uh aj out if they hadn't got behind him it wouldn't have worked right and like the fact and uh i don't know if you remember this like when adam cole was trying to kick him out and they were like we brought you into the <laughs> yeah into the when, yeah adam cole tried to fire the young bucks yeah he's like they're like you can't fire us <laughs> like i don't think that i don't think that um Omega could really kick out the, the Young Bucks unless everybody got behind it. They're, they kind of are like, they facilitate that Ken, uh, I was going to say Ken Anderson. Kennedy! <laughs> that Carl Anderson role where like, yeah, they, they make Kenny Omega. And if they kick Kenny Omega out, then he really is out. I don't think Cody has the ability to kick him out. And if they, if they approve Cody, then Cody's the leader. I don't see them as being like taking on that sole role. It is weird though, because I mean... Fale's the underboss. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, and then we still don't know what's going on with the Gorillas of Destiny. Right. They've kind of been kind of in the background. I mean, Tama has made kind of a few calm moments. moments. Against Cody. Yeah. It looks like. Like, it looks like he's siding more with Kenny in this whole thing. Really strange. I mean, the angles that they did... Um, to build up to this, like at the new beginning, were incredible. And then, um, you know, what they did at, like, the stuff they're doing online is very, like, creative and stuff. But I'm starting to be like, okay, when's the payoff coming and where is this actually heading? Because if it, it's starting to feel a little NWO ish, like, almost like there's too many guys, too many moving parts. What's going to happen? They need to get this thing on, on the rails and bring some cohesiveness back to it so that we know where we're kind of heading. Not, like, to where we need to be able to anticipate or expect everything, but just reel it in. Like, yeah. tighten it a bit, you know? Well, I think we're going to see two big things. Something big is going to happen at Long Beach. Nick Jackson had a vision of the Long Beach sign at the end of the Being the Elite. So there's going to be... He's clairvoyant now. <laughs> there's going to be some kind of match at Long Beach, I think, that's going to progress the storyline. And then... Oh, all- we might get, like, the whole Bullet Club against the whole Bullet Club. Right. Wow. Also, Supercard of Honor, Cody and Kenny, obviously, at the end of that match, I don't... That could probably be the blow-off of this... Well, it probably will be the, the blow off of the Cody Kenny rivalry. That might be the the can of worm that completely open, destroys the Bullet Club. Depending on what happens in that match, that's going to determine the future of the Bullet Club. I think what we this is just my prediction. I think you'll see Tama and those guys be like, "You guys want the Bullet Club? The Bullet Club isn't what it was, and without us, there is no Bullet Club. You guys can have it. Forget the Bullet Club. We're this now." 
I think that's what you're going to see. I think that's why they've kind of been so silent. Yeah. And I think you're going to see, like, Tama and Tenga. I mean, they're they're all Tongan guys. They're all New Japan talent. I don't think they have any part of this at all. I think eventually that's what you're, I don't think you're going to see Tama be like, I'm the leader. You're going to see him be like, y'all, y'all ruin this. We're taking our ball. We're going over here to play over here. Y- right. y- y'all do what you want to do. I think that's what's going to happen on that side of things. That's my prediction. But um, I am wondering. Um, I think I said this to you before. So this is what I see happening. I think ultimately down the road, I think we're getting the Young Bucks going away at the end of the year. And I think so is Kenny. And I think that the the Golden Lovers will be their own thing. I think eventually, I think Kenny's leaving the the uh, Bullet Club at some point, whether it's now or later. I don't know when. And I think that we're going to see a breakup between the Golden Lovers, which will lead to a, a, a final match between them at Wrestle Kingdom this coming this coming Wrestle Kingdom. And I think that will be like the blow off for Kenny and New Japan. And I think Kenny puts over Kota Bushi and he leaves. I think that's what this is. I think this whole year-long feud is going to lead to that. That's the real blow-off to the whole storyline. Um, well, we've heard them say um, numerous times that they want the Kenny Coda match to happen at a special event and for a special storyline. They didn't want to throw it away on any random show, any just random, just because it's a dream match. They almost did it this past year. Right. But um, Omega was very adamant not that he did not want to do it yet. It wasn't the right timing. So obviously I do I agree with you. I do believe that this is gonna have a Golden Lovers clash at some point. I'm not so confident right now to say that Kenny and the Bucks are leaving New Japan just yet. I'm not fully confident of it, but I think at some point it's gonna it's probably likely to happen and I think you know, being the elite can't go on forever, the bullet club can't go on forever, and I think these guys have to have an exit strategy. I think that's where it's leading to. Um now, I don't know if this is going to be a split of the Bullet Club or if it's going to be either Kenny's got to go or Cody's got to go. But it, I feel like what we could see, I think we end up getting a swerve where the Bucks kick Kenny out. Yeah, that's completely possible. And more of this Bullet Club stuff also progressed on the Australia shows. Yeah, so I did see where... Uh, after one of the matches, Cody cut a promo and said everything with the Bullet Club is fine. But later on in the night, when Kenny had his match, he said everything with the Bullet Club is definitely not fine. Right. So, as far as the Bullet Club stuff, you had um, Kenny Omega teamed with Balak Fale and uh, Gino Gambino. They defeated uh, Kushida, Juice, and Toa Hanare. So, once again, looks like Bad Luck is siding with Kenny. Also... Well, Kenny's uh, been teaming with, like, the Jap- like the New Japan Bullet Club guys more. Right. In, um, in Sydney, you had Kenny teaming with Bad Luck, Fale, Chase Owens, uh, Tamatonga, and Tangaloa. And they defeated uh, the Mighty Don't Kneel, Jonah Rock, Damian Slater, Marcus Pitt, Slex, and Elliot Sexton. So once again, looks like the Tongans are um, kind of behind Kenny. Those are the only two nights that have happened so far up to this point, right? Right. Two sixteen, two seventeen. Right. Gotcha. And then in the main event, you had Okada, Jay White, and Osprey. They defeated the team of Cody and the Young Bucks. 
Yeah, and they were billed as the elite. Right. So that's what one other thing is. They've been billing when the guys that are part of the U.S. Bullet Club, they've been billing them as the elite. And when Kenny's been teaming with, like, the other guys from Japan and, like, the Tongans, they're billing them as the Bullet Club, which is very interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know how that is going to end up working out. That might be the split you see as the Elite and the Bullet Club right. becoming two separate things. There's so many different options at this point. It's really hard to pinpoint what's going to happen. Um, also, Ishii and Okada beat the Young Bucks the first night in the main right. event. Mm-hmm. And they said that was a really good match. So... That's another like clue that we might be seeing the uh, the Young Bucks go to heavyweight, and they already had a heavyweight match last year. Um, I forget which card that was, but they, they took on the Briscoes. Um, so yeah, I mean they they definitely could be going towards heavyweight at this point. Yeah. So hopefully um, they'll put some of this Australia footage on New Japan World. Well, do you want to talk about the spoiler? What happened at on Ring of Honor for the tapings? Uh, yeah. So I don't know the whole context, you know, because Ring of Honor tapes about four weeks of television in advance so I don't know where this is going to fall in their storylines but there's videos that came out and Nick and Matt were basically talking to Cody in the ring and they t- and it was them and Skrull and Hangman and then that freaking bear whatever Barry <laughs> Barry the bear <laughs> and uh, they're all wearing you know Bullet Club is Fine shirts and they, they basically on the mic they told Cody everything with the Bullet Club is not fine and then did they say that did they say Kenny Omega was the leader of the Bull Club? I think they did, yeah. I think Marty... Did Marty Skrull say that, or was it Matt? I can't remember. I think it was one of the Young Bucks. Well, Marty Skrull took his shirt off and got out of the ring, and then the Young Bucks took their shirts off, and they got out of the ring, too. So I'm like, man, when is that happening, and how does this all play out? And is Or is this just a swerve? Are they setting up Kenny? Because it almost feels like that's uh, yeah, where, where I mean, it might be going. Yeah, I could totally see a swerve happening. So, a lot to think about. There's going to be more coverage. Also, we have to think about All In is coming up in September. And I'm wondering, like, all these guys who have dissension right now, they're all signed for that card. So, how's that going to work out? You know what I mean? Right. So, that's a long ways away, too. And, I mean, that's after, what, September? I mean, that's literally, like, right after the G1. So, we'll see. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. So what do we got next on the docket? Well, uh, uh, let's talk about the uh, Golden Lovers signed for WrestleCon. Right. So the Golden Lovers for the WrestleCon Super Show, they're going to be taking on um, the best friends. But the interesting thing was um, the original matchup, they were trying to get the Golden Lovers against um, the Lucha Brothers, um, Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. Yeah, Sierra uh, Mado. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know... They are not CML guys, and yeah, they they are signed to the Crash, and they before that they were signed to AAA, and um, yeah, apparently like New Japan put the kibosh on that match happening, which once that word got out, people were pretty upset about it. But I mean, I don't know. This seems to actually be somewhat of a policy change for New Japan, and the other strange thing is they it depend. I guess it depends on what New Japan feels like on that given day because they're, they'll make exceptions for some guys to do certain things. Like, we've seen it with Jericho and we're seeing it with, like, Mysterio and stuff like that, you know, and Liger mm-hmm. in the past. Um, and even, like, at BOLA last year for PWG Best, you know, Battle of Los Angeles, um, they had 
the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega take on a team from the crash last year where I think they wrestled like uh, Pentagon and Phoenix and um, I think maybe Drago. I'd, I'd have to look it up. Or maybe it was Fulmita. I can't remember. So, I mean, they've already wrestled these guys in other promotions just as, like, last September, basically. Right. So, it's very interesting. What are your thoughts? I mean... Um, you know, I understand the whole partnership thing and not wanting to use, you know, being kind of loyal to the CMLL partnership. Um, I mean, I think it would have been a an awesome matchup, especially for us to see it live, but... Um, I think Golden Lovers versus Best Friends will be a very, very good match. Is it weird that I like Best Friends better than the Golden Lovers? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. As a tag team? <laughs> Bro, I love Best Friends. I love Best Friends too, but it's Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. Right, but I still like Best Friends better. They're going to do they're gonna do that Kamegoye V trigger and send the best friends into into tomorrow, man. No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. You're crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know really. Uh, it is it is somewhat surprising that um, that they kind of, like, put the kibosh on the match in general like that. Just because um, it's not even, like, a big, a big show. Right. You know? I mean, in a way it is because it's WrestleMania weekend, but it's not like they're selling out mad pay-per-views or anything like that. So it is kind of interesting that they're, like... Oh, the Golden Lovers? No, they're not wrestling uh, Pentagon and Phoenix right. on a you know on a local indie like, <laughs> show in New Orleans that nobody's going to hardly see. And like, what they'll sell like a couple hundred DVDs of it, like, and what a couple hundred people will watch it on uh, you know on i pay per view. Like, right. I don't I don't get it. Well, clearly it was a big enough deal for them to to stop it. Yeah, so, I mean, that's it, it is interesting. I mean, it does probably mean going forward that there will probably be less, like, I don't know, just, like, more restrictions on guys working from companies, especially. You know, Mexico is big on this, though, especially CMLL of all the companies. Like, they're, one, they're the ones who are, like, very heavy on, like, they don't cross-promote too much with, like, Crash or AAA or, you know, any of these other, like different especially AAA but I mean I don't know like that's one of their biggest um, partnerships you know they send so many of their guys on an excursion there and they do so much cross promoting and branding between those two companies that I'm not super surprised but um, speaking of which since I guess we're breaking the news you know Golden Lovers versus Best Friends is going to be the match that we're going to be seeing at WrestleCon uh, you know the, the, the night I think that's the day before Supercard of Honor? Yes, it is. It's a Friday night, yep. Yeah, Friday night. And I, I'm i guessing that's probably going to be the main event. I would be surprised if it wasn't. Yeah, so Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi in the States, man. That's, yeah, we're we're going to be there live. Back to back, we're going to see them at WrestleCon Super Show and then Supercard of Honor. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that Kota is going to go against Marty Skrull. I don't know why. That's the feeling I'm getting. You're probably right. Go with your gut, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next uh, card we want to preview is the anniversary show. Bro, I'm I'm way more excited about the anniversary show than these uh, on rising. So am I. Um, and this anniversary show, I believe it's uh, March. Uh, yeah, March six is the anniversary show. Uh, first match of the night. Um, it's a ten man tag opening contest. You got 
Gucci, Kushida, Tiger Mask, Liger, and Tenzan against Yagi, Umino, Oka, Hanare, and Nagata. Yeah, so you got um, Taguchi, Kushida, Tiger Mask, Liger, and Tenzan. The guys who have been beating the crap out of all these young boys for like the last three months straight. And probably even further back than that. I mean, these they always are beating up the young boys, but lately it's been pretty hardcore. And then you got all the young boys teaming up with Nagata, who's like their champion. So kind of interesting matchup here. Um, you know, Umino has been like really firing up. Oka's really been firing up. And then, you know, obviously Hanari just got like... Um, graduated. Graduated. I don't think that there's any chance whatsoever... Unless Nagata picks up a win, which that wouldn't do anybody any favors, but I don't think there's any chance that uh, that this team gets the win over the the veterans. I'm I'm guessing Yagi's taking that pinfall. Yeah, most likely. Um, he'll probably lose. I don't know. Tenzan will probably beat him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody from that team's gonna get the pinfall over one of those young boys. Taguchi could. I don't know. Anybody yeah. could, I guess. But that will be a really fun opener, and uh, you know, interesting to see. You know. As things progress, like who who they start to elevate from these young boys. All right, and then the next matchup, it's the final match in the Kitamura Best of Seven series, and it's a rematch. It's Kitamura against Nakanishi again. So I think originally, from what I understand, Nakanishi was always supposed to be the seventh guy, and that kind of tells me, I don't know what you think. Jeremy, but it tells me that I think Kitamura is getting a win here. I think so too, and I saw the promo that actually set this match up afterwards. Yeah, yeah. After their first night. Uh, no, it was after the Tenzon match, I believe. Um, Kitamura was beat up uh, back. No, it was after the Nagata match. Um, Kitamura was beat up backstage, huffing and puffing, talking about how how he needs to keep evolving and stuff. And then uh, Nakanishi came up. And was like, you're getting better. So like, I'll give you one more shot. And so that's how this... People seem to really like that uh, Nagata match more than we did. A lot of people, like almost every review. I, I know, Meltzer was like spewing over that match. I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was as good as Juice and uh, Elgin. Yeah. I thought both those matches were better. I don't know why. But um, I thought by far, which... Yeah, I kind of thought the Nakanishi match that Kimura had the first time was the worst match of the whole seven, right. <laughs> seven match series. Which even. is why I was not excited when I found out that this was happening. But I think that, well, originally it was supposed to be Kojima. Yeah, Kojima was supposed to have. So I think this was always planned to be the seventh match. And I think that, you know, they moved Nakanishi into that role. And they're like, ah, we'll just do a rematch. So, um, but I think, I think I'm like kind of getting excited. I think, <laughs> think Kimura is going to win one. <laughs> I didn't think he was. I thought he was going to go zero and seven in this series, and if he loses to Nakanishi, I'm going to say this right now: if he loses to Nakanishi, that's the wrong call. That he does not need to lose this match. Ghetto, do you hear that? Ghetto, are you listening? <laughs> For real? <laughs> He's like, you're right. I want to do that. I want to do that. <laughs> uh, I, I think Kitamura needs to get the win here, like badly, and I think there's no one better for him to get that win over than Nakanishi, especially since, like, in a way, they're trying to build him up the way that Nakanishi was at one point in the promotion. So this makes sense in a lot of ways. I think he should beat Nakanishi with the uh, 
I think he should beat him with the um, torture rack. He, oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think he should uh, be with the torture rack and like and take that move from him. Yeah. I think Kitamura doing the torture rack. But he needs to like jump up with it and yeah, like crank needs, him. He needs to crank the he needs, crap. He needs out to do a Lex Luger style. Like yeah. Yeah. If, if Kitamura starts, oh bro, I'll get, I'll become the biggest Kitamura <laughs> mark if he starts torture racking people. Oh my god, dude. Oh my gosh, that'd be awesome. You want to talk about the evolution of Kitamura? Give that man the torture rack. He's he's tailor made for the torture. Yeah, rack, he bro. is, man. Just get him up there and just crunch. Him. Freaking a, yeah. So um, I'm not too excited for this match, but I am excited because I'm like, Kitamura's gonna win. If Kitamura doesn't win, this show's done. <laughs> so you're possibly listening to one of the last episodes <laughs> of Keeping a Strong Style. But this should be. I mean. I did. I said this before. I thought that as bad as the match was, they worked as good of a match as they could have had, considering Nakanishi's condition. It was a very strike-heavy match. It told a basic storyline. So I think this one will probably be about the same. Yeah. But I think with Kitamore getting a win, it'll make it a special like feel-good moment, and we'll be like, yeah, that was that was good. So I'm yeah. excited for this. Next matchup, we got David Finley and Juice Robinson going against uh, Toru Yanu and Ishii. Chaos versus Team Jabroni. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chaos is definitely getting the yeah, win here. Yeah, I mean, we've mentioned this, that they're definitely heating Yano and Ishii up for a future tag title match. They've won several tag matches. They're on a roll. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no chance that they're going to halt that right now with the way that they're booking this. So, um, you know, Dave Finley and Juice, we talk about how good they are all the time. Ishii and Yano, we talk about how great they are as well. So, I expect this to be good. But uh, Dave Finley's going to get one of two things is going to happen. Either someone's getting hit with the um, brain buster or someone's getting low blowed and rolled up for the for the quick victory. And that'll be it. Not somebody. David Finley. Dave Finley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wish Dave Finley was somebody. Just send that man away, guys. Please. Like, we need him. I think Dave Finley's great, and it sucks. Dude, send him to Progress or one of the, some other. Just, bro, send him to Europe. Yeah, send him to Europe, dude. He, he he's Dave Finley's son. Like, he can he can do the tours all over Europe. He can go to freaking, like you say, he can go to Progress. He can go to Rev Pro. He can go to ICW, IPW, OTT. Like all those companies. Just let him do the loops, man. And then who knows? Let him go work over there and let him come back too. Like it doesn't even have to be a full excursion, but right. like. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of Dave Finley like being the the odd man out of all of that whole generation of young boys. Like, I mean, freak. <laughs> um, next up, we have a junior heavyweight tag title match, a three way match. The champions showing Yo Rapungi 3K defending against the Lij team of Takahashi and Bushi, also defending against the Suzuki Goon team of El Desperado. And Kanamaru. I'm very surprised by this. Yeah, I was not expecting a three-way. I for sure thought it was just going to be Rapungi 3K against Suzuki Goon. I wasn't expecting a junior title match on this card at all, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know how all these different cards are going to shake out. But yeah, I mean, they were building towards Sho and Yo defending against Desperado and Kanamaru. I'm guessing they're still building towards that. But I don't know, man. This kind of worries me. <laughs> Why? Just all those junior tag multi-man matches we got for so uh, many gosh, years. Gosh, yeah, you're, you're thinking we're going to go back to that? Yeah, because we just started to like get to a point where the junior tags seemed important enough to do 
you know, feuds and, you know, single tag matches. And they've been great, by the way, as well. Um, not that this won't be good. Because all three of these teams can really work, and this will probably be great. But I don't know, man. My my little <laughs> spider senses, they're tingling, dude. The vision. Yeah, so I don't know. It worries me a bit. I'm guessing Sho and Yo are probably going to go over here. And I'm guessing, like, Bushi or Kanemaru is probably taking the fall here, probably. Yeah. But uh, this, this should be very, very good. Um, I get... I mean, if... The chal- if one of the challenging team pins the other challenging team, they win the belt, probably, huh? Yeah. They could hot shot the belt, man. They do it all the time. I mean, that's. The I mean, the uh, junior tag titles hot potato all the time. That's another. Thing. Like, I, I wouldn't don't be su- want it to be though. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if Takahashi and Bushi won. I would be. <laughs> they like they've they've teamed somewhat. Like they teamed what in the best of the in the junior tag tournament last year. Yeah. But they're not like tagging all the time, so I would be surprised. Uh, I mean, Sho and Yo just won the belts back, bro. Right. They just won the belts. So they don't need to lose the belts here, but I, they could. It's New Japan. Right. They could. And it's a junior tag titles. Yeah. I'm going to go with Sho and Yo in that match. Uh, I think, yeah, a safe bet there is Sho and Yo. But I think we're going to get – I think this is going to build towards Desperado and Kanemaru. I'm guessing, like, putting Bushi and Takahashi on the card, this is, like, probably the only way they could get them on. Yeah. Most likely. Although – they're doing a special tag match after this. So let's talk about the special tag match. We got Yoshihashi and Goto taking on Sonata and Evil. And it's not a tag it's not a tag title match, which is kind of surprising. Which makes you think, are they trying to give Yoshihashi and Goto a tag title match? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Because I think we're building towards Ishii and uh Yano. Yano. Yeah. But um it is interesting that the titles are not on the line. But with that being said, well, Goto just did get a tag title shot. Yeah. Okada. You know, they could have easily done, like, Sonata and Evil with Bushi and Takahashi against Goto, Yoshihashi, and some other two, you know. Osprey. Yeah, they could have done that. And somebody else, yeah. Well, not Osprey, obviously, but they could have they could have probably got some other Chaos guys in there. I mean, Gato's not on the card, and somebody else who's in. Jato. Yeah, I could have done that. That would have worked. But, you know, they didn't go that way, which is kind of interesting. So, um, yeah, I'm taking LIJ in that match too. That match as well. Yeah, keep the champs strong, get them ready for Yano and Ishii. Yeah, because I think we're going into that probably like with the New Japan Cup or afterwards, I don't know. Probably for Sakura. Right, Sakura Genesis. Um, so next up, we have a rematch from Takataichi Mania. It's Tetsuya Naito taking on Tai Chi, who looks to be moving up to heavyweight now. Dude, what's up with uh, Naito just, like, getting jump zoned all year, bro? I don't know, man, he but... Got, he, he got jumped by... Let's talk about it. Like, he got jumped by Okada this year. He got jumped by Yoshihashi. He got, got jumped by, by Jericho. And then now he got jumped by Tai Chi. Dude, this, this dude is just getting, like... Well, when you're the hottest star on, on the product, you got a bullseye on your back, brother. <laughs> so, I've heard... Oh, man, we I really need to get around to watching Takataichi Mania. Like, at some point, I'm going... I started to, but the feed wasn't so good, so I stopped. But um, I heard that the, the first match they had was very good. So, this probably should be good. Yeah, and Although I... Oh, I hate Tai Chi. <laughs> Yeah, the only th- good thing about Tai Chi is uh, when he brings out Miho Abe. Um, 
I did see the backstage promo. It actually showed what happened after when Taichi dragged Naito. Oh, they showed that? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, thank God. So, yeah, if you go to New Japan's English YouTube channel, yeah, it shows Taichi, he drugged Naito to the back, and he was choking him with a mic stand, and he was like, uh, you want to see me fired up, Naito? Well, here I am. I'm fired up because of what you said to me. Oh, on the Taichi card. Yeah. Um... Yeah, he's like, I'm going to show you what I'm made of, blah, blah, pretty much, you know, just talking trash and beating up Naito. Was that right? Did anybody from LIJ come out to save Naito? Nope. Told you. (laughs) But then... uh, They don't don't care. (laughs) But but then Taichi left and Naito got up and he was like... Because they had like, you know, the white background set up. Yeah. He was like... Hold on, let's let's go over to the normal spot. He like crawled over to like the white background and like got up and he he was like, um, finally we're seeing something from Tai Chi, and pretty much just saying you know it's because of night. He's like, why doesn't Tai Chi tell me thank you? I'm the reason he's so fired up right now. <laughs> he's like, but I don't have time for Tai Chi right now. I'm a very busy man. He's like, if Tai Chi wants to fight, maybe I'll think about it. Hmm. But obviously, I guess Ghetto thinks the time is for <laughs> now for them to fight. So, yeah, it's uh, you know gives something for um, you know for Naito to do in the meantime. Um, you know he, they're kind of hot potatoing like feuds, but I mean he's winning. Like you know he'd be uh, Yoshihashi. He's definitely going to beat Tai Chi again. I mean. I'll, at this point, like that's what I think is going to happen, obviously. So we're we're slowly but surely seeing the rebuilding of Naito. Maybe we're getting him ready for uh, New a, Japan Cup, a big run in the New Japan Cup. I would say probably. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So this should be good, though. This yeah, should be good. Yeah, I mean, as much as we hate Tai Chi, um, he's he can be a solid worker when he wants to be. Right. I mean, I'll be happy as long as he just brings Miho Abe out there. Uh, so next up, we have the... Oh, you're a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> Why you gotta be so thirsty on our podcast, bro? Because I... Uh, Keep it family-friendly, bro. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm newly single and ready to mingle. So... Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, looking for all the girl marks out there. <laughs> I don't think I could handle like dating like a girl that liked wrestling. Like what, dude? That'd be awesome. Just watch wrestling all day together. No, I like a little like, like some combativeness. Like, like, hey, you want to hang out? Let's watch this uh, old nineteen eighties all Japan. Great, and get nothing done. We just be at home all day watching wrestling. <laughs> oh man, I need someone who's like, turn off the wrestling and go to work. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So up next we have the IWGP. Why is that funny? I don't know. The IWGP Intercontinental Title Match. Uh, Togi Makabe challenged the champion, the January Wrestler of the Month, Minoru Suzuki. Yeah. So we've seen the build to this match. Um, you know, essentially with Makabe uh, coming out the night after. Um, it was uh, the second. Was it was night two of uh, New Beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He came out night night two of New Beginning. He came out and saved Hinare after he was getting viciously attacked with the knee bar and the heel hook, and uh, kind of challenged Minoru. Minoru had kind of uh, 
smack talked him on, on night one after he uh, completely decimated uh, the ace Tanahashi. So that kind of set things up. We started seeing these guys in multi-man matches, and Makabe eventually challenged Suzuki. Suzuki apparently accepted the challenge, right? Right. So that leads us to a point now to where we're like, well, when was this going to happen? And we were kind of speculating, and I don't think either of us expected it to happen so soon on the anniversary. Right. I think we were thinking maybe Sakura Genesis. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, so, I mean, the fact that this is happening um, now is kind of... In the past, the anniversary shows never hasn't been necessarily like one of the big focal points. So the fact that like we're getting a junior tag title match, we're getting the bluff to the Naito feud, we're getting the Makabe Suzuki feud, you know, and building up of some of the other stars. I mean, plus the Kitamura seven match challenge. I mean, they're really showing us that that they're treating this like a big card, right? And um, I think we've talked quite a bit about Makabe. And, you know, his shortcomings and, you know, his deterioration over the past few years and all that. But with that being said, I think that Suzuki, with the, the way their, their styles match up, we're going to get a great performance out of him, to be honest. That's yeah. what I'm anticipating. Yeah, I expect this to be a strong style match. Yep. And I expect heavy hitting from both guys. And I'm thinking Suzuki's going to get the win here with a gotch. You think so? Yeah. Hmm. You think Makabe is going to win? Um, no, I don't think Makabe is going to win. I don't know if it's going to be with the gotch. I it probably, I think Minoru Suzuki is going to start trying to put over this uh, this leg hold. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that that's the route they're going to go. I think he puts him in the... Well, he could do what he did with Tatana, hit him with the gotch, then put him in the I think leg that's hold. What, I think that's what's going to happen. I think we're getting a tap out here. Makabe <laughs> is uh, going to tap out Suzuki with his catch-as-catch catch acumen. As uh, Joe Briscoe would say, tap out like you mean it. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah, so I think uh, I think Suzuki's going to go over, but I, I anticipate this one to get some time, probably like 20, 25 minutes. Um, and I think it's going to be good, too. Yeah. I think it's going to be strong style, which I love strong style. So, yeah. Then we got the main event, a special singles match. We have the IWGP heavyweight champion, Okada, taking on the IWGP junior heavyweight champion, Will Ospreay. Both members of Chaos, both these guys have tagged frequently in the past. Okada was the guy that brought, pretty much brought Ospreay into New Japan after their match um, in the UK. Yeah, so... They, they faced off one time uh, at Rep Pro, uh, I think almost two years ago now. Yeah, it was two years ago now. And, um, you know, oh, like he was – apparently the match was incredible. I've actually never seen it. I've seen clips of it, and from what I saw, it looked great. And Osprey almost beat Okada on that night. And then, you know, later in the year – because of the experience they had wrestling each other, they formed a bond. Okada invited him to join Chaos and brought him into Chaos, and he's been part of New Japan as a staple ever since then. That match was essentially almost like a tryout for Will Ospreay to get into New Japan. Pretty much, yeah. So they uh, at the end of the New Beginning, after he beat Sonata, um, Okada 
kind of said that he wanted to revive the tradition that they do where um, the IWGP heavyweight champion defends the belt against the IWGP junior heavyweight well, champion. I don't think this is a title match, though. No, it's a, it's a, a special... It's just a special match. It's 30-minute time limit. Champion versus champion. They've actually done this same setup several times in the past. Um, I know in the past they did uh, Tanahashi versus Prince Devitt when they were both champions with uh, Tanahashi. They were both faces at the time, so it was pre-Bullet Club. Right. And then they did another match. I'm trying to remember who it was. Oh, it was Kota Ibushi against, uh, I think, Okada. If I remember correctly, I think it was Kota Ibushi against Okada. I could be wrong about that, but I know it was Kota Ibushi, and he, he wrestled the IWGP champion at the time in a special match when he was the junior champion. Um, I think Naito also wrestled Okada on one of these anniversary shows when he was a junior and Okada was uh, was was a heavyweight at the time as well. So, I mean, there is it. And then, obviously, last year, Okada wrestled Tiger Mask W. Right, yep. Which, that was kind of in the same vein. It wasn't champion versus champion, but... It was a junior, heavy versus junior. Heavy versus junior. So, um, kind of a kind of a running tradition there. And um, Osprey had some very interesting uh, statements. Do you remember what he said at the press conference? Uh, I know he said he wanted to challenge. He wanted he was he challenged. He was on that challenge. Well, kind of talked about it, but he accepted the challenge. And uh, I forget exactly what he, he basically is. came out and he said, "You know, two years ago, before I was under your tutelage." We wrestled, and I was this close to beating you. And you're the greatest wrestler in the world. And after being studying under you and being mentored by you, I'm that much better at this point. So what are the chances that I'm not going to actually beat you? Right. And basically he was saying, like, I'm getting ready to step out of your shadow. This is interesting because we've talked in the past about guys within stables wrestling each other and it does happen from time to time especially during G1 and tournaments things like that but outside of it it's very very rare and with the stuff Jay White has said in the past about wanting guys to challenge one another all of a sudden you see Okada willing to give a, a, a you know a match to Will Ospreay on a big show like right. this and even though it was friendly it was still kind of heated the interactions that they had with one another. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, like, is this playing into that whole aspect of things like of stablemates wrestling one another? I mean, we're seeing it with the Bullet Club. We're seeing it with Chaos. So, I mean, that, I don't know, man. That just makes me feel like and things are starting to go off the rails a little bit for these two. Something teams. interesting here, too, is just the possibility of Osprey going heavyweight. And he mentioned on the on Talk as Jericho that he wants to do the G1 one day. He wants to be heavyweight. Well, that's one of the interesting things about New Japan is they let these guys cut promos and they say things sometimes that don't end up actually happening. And it's not that New Japan doesn't pay things off, but they give these guys the creative freedom and license to say things. You know what I mean? And they don't really stop it if it caught, you know, like... Last year, Bushi was talking about how he wanted to be in the junior tag match, um, and that didn't end up happening at Wrestle right. Kingdom. They've had times where, like, the Young Bucks have cut promos where they talked about wanting to go up to heavyweight. Hiromu's talked about it. Kushida's talked about it. And it's, so far, it hasn't happened. Um, but it's interesting because you, you get that from time to time where guys try to, like, they try to put themselves into a shoot, brother. Right, right. <laughs> get yourself over. Get themselves over. Yeah, so this should be a very, very good match. Um, I'm expecting um, Okada to get the win here with the Rainmaker. 
over the junior champ here. Um, I don't think um, Osprey gets the win. If if Osprey wins here, then he would definitely have to go up the heavyweight and would probably want to challenge for the title. And I don't see that happening. It is interesting that like we're really kicking off March with you know a big show like this, and then we've got. You know, the New Japan Cup is coming right after that. So March is going to be much more... Even though we had the New Beginnings and On Arising, it's like March is going to be stacked. Right. And then go, and then early April is going to be stacked, too. Uh, I, I think that this match is going to be fantastic. Uh, Okada against Juniors, from what we've seen in the past, it's always really, really good. And it brings out a different side to his character and his wrestling ability. And... Arguably speaking, Will Ospreay is probably the best junior in the world alive right now. He, he just probably is. Yeah. And if he's not, he's like top three. And it doesn't matter what your feelings are about the guy. If you like him, you don't. Like you, you, you can't admit you can't, the guy has talent. You have to admit that this is one of the best. He's one of the best workers in the world, period. Every time I see him, I'm like, this guy's special. I mean, sometimes I think his character work needs help and his look and things like that. But as far as in-ring talent and work working ability, like... Man, he's incredible. So, I'm very excited. I think that match is going to be awesome. I think Suzuki Makabe is going to be awesome. I, I'm looking forward to Naito. I'm I'm way higher on Naito and Tai Chi than I was Naito and Yoshihashi. Oh, yeah, definitely. With way less build. Yeah. And I don't even like Tai Chi. Yeah, we, we hate Tai Chi. <laughs> but I think we hate Yoshihashi more. Yo, and uh, Yoshihashi and Goto had... Some I think they didn't they have that really good match during the tag tournament against Sonata and Evil? Yeah, they did. They did. So I mean we've already seen that match and it was very, very good. This card is stacked top to bottom. Like everything looks pretty good. Everything looks very good. I think that this is the best card that we've gotten since Wrestle Kingdom, actually, if we're being honest. Yeah. So um the anniversary show on a rising and anniversary show are both <clears throat> like two events that tend to just be like placeholders and stuff that they can easily just like do whatever just to get by but we're getting golden lovers and the bullet club like whole fiasco we're getting the blow off to all these big feuds that that have led into this i mean the new japan booking's been on point yeah, this year 2018's been another great year how nice is it to do a show where like the book is great <laughs> the wrestling is great I don't got to shoot on nothing. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, the worst thing that happens is what? Beads? <laughs> uh, Yoshihashi. And, yeah, some Yoshihashi and some beads. And so, Tai right, Chi. Yeah. I'll take that any day. Like, yeah. whatever. Oh, you guys do too many tag matches. Okay. <laughs> I'll take that. What? The, the refereeing's bad? Okay. The wrestling's incredible. I yeah. love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, my God. And uh, speaking of Okada, and we mentioned the New Japan Cup, um, Okada has been talking about wanting to be in the New Japan Cup this year. Yeah, very, very, very interesting. Um, so for those of you who don't know, the New Japan Cup, it's a single elimination tournament with a lot of the top contenders, and the winner gets a title match of his choosing. So he could choose the world title, the U.S. title, Intercontinental, never, um, whatever singles title of his choosing. So typically the champions are not in the tournament. Yeah, it, it doesn't really make sense. Why would they be in the tournament if they have the belt? How are they, what are they going to challenge themselves? I you could hypothetically have one of those champions win and then champion versus champion. Yeah, but that's not really ever been the point of doing that right tournament. The point of the New Japan Cup is pretty much to get somebody hot and create like a hot challenger. 
usually for the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Since Sakura Genesis slash Invasion Attack is one of their bigger shows of the year, you have to do something to set up the title match for the IWGP Champion. You know, coming out of February, you got to do something. So that's usually how they set it up. And um, with the champion going into the term now. Granted, it is not confirmed at this point in time that Okada is going to be in the New Japan Cup at all. But because, as we said, there have been times where guys make mention of things and it doesn't pay off. But Okada is not usually one of those guys. Right. He may if he says, I, I want to be in the tournament. I'm like, oh, what does that mean? That right. That's a like a, a very, very interesting little wrinkle. And I think he is going to be in the tournament. Right. And. If he is in the tournament, I think what's going to happen is you have Okada um, go to like the semifinals. He loses. Oh, 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 oh. oh we got, Hold on. We got breaking, breaking news. news. Literally breaking news. Caleb Baldwin, one of uh, our writers, or he's a social suplex member. He uh, is one of the co hosts of the SMC podcast along with Rance and Carl. Just sent us this breaking news announcement for RevPro. In New Orleans for the WrestleCon Super Show, we are getting Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tomohiro Ishii for the undisputed British Heavyweight Championship. Dude, I am so hyped for that <laughs> match and hyped for WrestleMania weekend, man. Oh my gosh. Give Ishii the gold. Yes. He wants the gold. <laughs> I want, I'm going to uproot that tree. Have you ever seen that video? No. Oh my God, bro. <laughs> Yo, after this, I got to show you. Hey, listeners, if you guys are listening, off topic, you got to go online. You gotta look up this video, Mobile, Alabama. Leprechaun. Oh wait, the Leprechaun. Beat. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Yeah. And that guy at the end of the video, he's like, he's like, I'm gonna uproot that tree. I want to know where the gold at. Where the Leprechaun at? Where the gold at? I want the gold. Give me the gold. Oh, and I'm like, yo, that's Ishii right now. He's like, I want the gold. Give me the gold. So uh, yeah, so um, this is very exciting, yeah. uh, bro. Ishii's gonna freaking beat Destroy that, that, that skinny, skinny wimp. <laughs> that skinny geek. Oh man, oh, so Caleb, man. if you were listening, thanks for the heads up. Because yeah. uh, we just broke it, broke this news over there. Uh, but yeah, we were talking before the breaking news about um, Okada wanting to be in the New Japan Cup. I was saying. Screw that. Ishii's <laughs> wrestling for the title. <laughs> He's gonna uh, be the British heavyweight <laughs> champion of the world. Uh, oh my god. But how I think it's going to work, Okada, he goes to the semifinals. He's going to lose to somebody. And the person that beats him, then that person will lose in the finals. So that way, that person will get a title match. And then the winner will get a title match. So you set up two challengers for Okada. Yeah, we have... um, There's been a lot of speculation. I think because... um because this year they're doing live shows every single night for the entire tournament. I think that is a one one reason that it, I'm very like uh, inclined to believe Okada is going to be in this tournament for sure. The other reason, though, is because of all the turmoil that they've talked about with like inner brand or inner uh, what are they called factional like fights. Right. So I'm like, oh man, Okada versus Ishii that could pop off. I don't know, you know. But with that being said. Um, I'm not going to make any predictions right now until I see a list of competitors and I see a bracket. Now, my gut feeling, my early gut feeling, and it's been this way for a while, is like Ishii. But I've seen so many arguments for so many guys that I'm like, yeah, you yeah, could easily. I think the second favorite's Naito. 
Uh, well, not. I think earlier in the year I was saying Naito was going to win it and challenge for the belt and win it, but they haven't really been leaning towards that at all. Like, there's been no... And then especially since we're still waiting to see what happens with Jericho, that kind of throws my original uh, <clears throat> thought process on that into a... Like, throws a monkey wrench into that, so I don't know. But I'm not... Right now, my early, like, inclination is that we're going to get Ishii and Naito at Sakura Genesis. But even still, with that being the case, I'm not going to make any predictions until I see right, a bracket. Yeah, you got to show me a bracket. Show you, me the bracket. Full card. We want the full. And then once I see the bracket, I will make my predictions and I will be wrong. Because I'm, ne- <laughs> I'm good at predicting match outcomes sometimes, but I'm never good at predicting like tournaments. tournaments. I, I suck at it. <laughs> uh, I can maybe predict the winner, but not how it's going to go. Like, I think for the U.S. tournament, I think my uh, finals were supposed to be Elgin and Ishii. And I thought Ishii was going to win the belt. <laughs> Or, no, no, I thought Elgin was going to win the belt, to be honest with you. Yeah. And he got jobbed in, the, like, <laughs> to Kenny Omega. And Kenny, I thought Kenny Omega was going to lose, like, right away. Really? Yeah, I was like, I didn't, I, I, at the time, I was like, why would they put this red belt on Kenny Omega? Like, I was like, he doesn't need the belt. He needs to be going for the IWGP title. And I was like, this is stupid. Like, why would he win, why would he win the U.S. belt? It doesn't mean anything. And little did I know he's gonna like make it like the second most important belt. Right. He had, he, had, he had to make it mean something. And now it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, so Okada wants to be in the New Japan Cup, but what's exciting about it is, you know, it's usually a sixteen man tournament, so I mean what, that's four rounds? Yeah. Sixteen, eight, four, two, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we could get, like, three really interesting... Three or four really interesting Okada, Okada matches. matches. yeah. Whew. I mean, bro, I don't know. Kenny Omega could win it, bro. He could. They Almost all their top guys are, like... The only guys that probably won't be in it is Suzuki, Goto, Goto. and Jay White. And I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with those guys. If we're gonna out. get Naito and Omega, I mean, this is like a mini G1 right now. Yeah, like, it is. That's gonna turn to like the most stacked freaking uh, New Japan Cup we've had in years. Oh man! Plus Ishii, plus Elgin, Juice, Dude, I'm Yoshihashi. A- <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping Juice gets a good performance. So, yeah, so I don't know what we'll, – we'll be covering that more. I mean, this is just the first time we've heard about Okada wanting to be in the tournament. So, very exciting. Very exciting stuff. And then uh, his opponent, Will Ospreay, like I mentioned earlier, he was on Talk Is Jericho. Yes, he and was. And we talked about him being uh, – he wants to be in the G1 and be a heavyweight. But also something very interesting, he talked about turning down a WWE contract. Yeah. So, he said that they uh, tried to open up negotiations with him last year. And he just flat out turned it down immediately. Like, just wouldn't even have the conversation. It's kind of crazy, right? Right. Well, it's weird because Osprey is just one of these guys, like, he is more, loves more of the art of wrestling than the money. And he's not really in it for the money. He's in it because he loves wrestling so much. I'm sure he's making money. Yeah, he's making <laughs> money. But, like, obviously he could make way more money in WWE. Um, could he, though? I mean, yes. Yes, he could. But, I mean... I don't know, man. Like, you know, there comes a time in, in life, like, I guess it depends on what your uh, aspirations or what you value as a person are. But, I mean, I've there's actually a really interesting documentary. It's called Happy, and it talks about how, like, money 
can make you happier for sure. Like what makes people happy is what it's actually on Netflix. If you guys ever want to check it out, it's pretty good. They talk about what makes people happy and they're like, does money make people happy? And what they found through research was that yes, it does to a threshold. Once you're making about $150,000 a year as an annualized income, your threshold for happiness is higher than people who are in a lower like uh, bracket of earnings. But they said from like 150 to like, you know, the highest billionaires, there's really no difference because you don't have anything to worry about and it doesn't make you any happier. And in fact, it could actually, the, the burden and pressure of the money can make you sadder. So it's like, I say that because it's like him, he's probably, I, I would guess he's making six figures on the Indies between all the dates he runs in New Japan and the States and England and all that. And uh, Australia. And Australia. I'm sure he's making six figures. He's one of those guys that's in that like top bracket of indie stars. So I'm sure he's making that type of money. And he's working so much fewer dates. I mean, like, he even talked about that. He said that, you know, the, he's like, I won't work the, the WWE schedule. They work 300 days a year. Right, yeah. He, you know, hates the travel. Um, he doesn't want to work Christmas. Right, yeah. He, he said, yeah, he's like, Christmas is a big deal to me. He's like, I want to be with my family on Christmas. <laughs> I'm not working Christmas. <laughs> I mean, look, Bret Hart worked Christmas for all those years, and look what they did to him. <laughs> so, no, do you remember that? Like, do you remember him wrestling with Shadows? He was like, he talks about it. He's like, he's like, dude, he's like, I worked every Christmas for these guys. And look what they did to me. That was like something he said. Yeah. No, I was like, bro, my heart broke a little bit. Like, yeah. The hitman's working Christmas for, he's like, he's like, I work 15 Christmases in a row for these guys. They're going to screw me over like this. I was like, dang, that doesn't yeah. sound like a good gig to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't think we'll ever see Will Ospreay. I know you're not to say. I wouldn't say that. I don't know if that's the case. I think. Maybe if enough money comes down the line, but right now he doesn't need to. Right. I mean, with the way that the game is and the way that, like, some of these guys just have good enough deals. They don't and, need WWE. Right. When you have the creative freedom and you can create your own schedule. And, I mean, and also, I mean, he talked about he didn't resign with Ring of Honor because he thought the Ring of Honor schedule was too much of their tour. Did he? Yeah. I didn't hear about that, but that's Yeah, on, in the same interview, he was, yeah, he, he, you know, when his contract came up, he didn't resign because he just didn't want to have to be on tour and do all the TV tapings. They only, like, do, like, one big show a, a month with, like, a couple shows around it. I know. They do, like, three or four shows a month. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. <laughs> so. I mean, I guess that probably would add a lot more to his schedule, you know, if you add it to everything else he's doing. But, yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> and it's kind of crazy. And plus, his whole focus right now is to build up the Australia scene because um, there's so much, so many great wrestlers there that we don't even know about. Because there's no spotlight down there, so he wants to use his Bro, um, name recognition. If they got more guys like Juicy Gambino, then <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> oh man, Juicy Gino Gambino, Bullet Club member. He's not part of the Bullet Club. He's teaming with Bad Looking Kenny, bro. That doesn't mean anything. He's five, bad, oh the underboss, the underboss, <laughs> OG, gave him a Bullet Club shirt. Bullet Club is fine. And Juicy Gambino is part of the Bullet Club. Uh, okay, and so is Cure the Bear or whatever. Or Bury the, the Bear. bear yeah. Bury the drug-free bear, man. Oh drug-free is the way to be. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes, bro. Uh, shoot on this man. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> you want to shoot on the shooter? 
Whatever, bro. All right, I'm dude. Guard. <laughs> I won't do anything. I'll just stay there. I'll be super weird. <laughs> All right. Tell what's the free match of the week, man? Okay. So the free match of the week on New Japan uh, World, as well as the New Japan Pro Wrestling US um, YouTube channel, we have a classic matchup. 10-man tag. It is UWF versus New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, this match, I actually have to look it up. <laughs> I, I remember like writing it down and I was like, oh, but I will tell you guys this match. This match freaking rules. Like, it is one of my favorite uh, 1980s New Japan matches, which is also something that we don't some of some of the footage that that of like classic matches that I like aren't necessarily like uploaded. So the fact that this one got uploaded, I was like, yes, finally. Um, but it's from the I believe the '85 or the '86 series um, when UWF had folded the first time, and like Akira Maeda and like Fujiwara and like all those guys came into. Uh, here it is, free video. Let's look it up. Yes, the five on five match. I've got it right here. So this is a match between uh, Antonio. It's from nineteen. It's March twenty sixth, nineteen eighty six. You have uh, Antonio Inoki, uh, Tatsuya Fujinami, uh, Kingo Kamara, and oh my god! I wish this freaking thing would tell me all the names here, but it's in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this match is awesome. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, Maeda Fujiwara. Um, Takata, Yamazaki, and Osama Kido versus Ueda, Tatsumi, Fujinami, Antonio Inoki, Kengo Kimura, and Kentaro Hoshino. And uh, it's, it's an elimination match, and it's one of the crescendos of the uh, original uh, UWF versus New Japan. This is, um, they've done a few. You know, it's funny because people are always like crediting different angles for being the inspiration for the NWO. But they did a bunch of these invasion angles in the in New Japan back in the 80s and 90s. I would say that this was like the third one that they did because they'd already done um, they'd already done uh, the Ricky Choshu uh, Ishingun um, feud like a few years like in the early 80s, which was just incredible. And then they did the other one with uh, I forget which wrestling group that was, but when um, like Russia Kimura and like. Or I forget Kengo Kimura and like uh, why do I forget? It doesn't matter. But a bunch, those guys came up. IWE the IWE guys came in the first. The IWE versus New Japan feud was the first ever invasion angle in any promotion that had ever been run, and they did big business with that in the early '80s as well. Even though Inoki like pretty much jobbed them all out, like he was John Cena against the Nexus. <laughs> Um, yeah. But this match was like one. Of, I don't know if this was. The, I can't remember if this is the blow off or if, if or if it was like the first big match. But if you're listening, you've got to check this match out. If you want to see a Japanese crowd go crazy like they're at WrestleMania, this is the match for you. And it is really, 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 really good. I think um, the guys over at ProWrestlingOnly.com they do a. Um, they're running like a best of the '80s. Um, project and they've been running it for it's been going on for years and they 
it's it's a huge project, but a couple years ago they came out with the best New Japan matches of the '80s. I think this is in the top ten, so it's it's definitely up there. And it's like it's required if you're a New Japan fan. It's required like watching. I haven't seen it in a few years, but I do remember like seeing this and being like blown away. Mm-hmm. And nobody in actually like ever aside from like probably lucha libre like uh multi-man matches nobody really does these elimination matches like new japan did in the 80s so if you get a chance you got to check this out if you want to see like interbrand feud done right what wwf should have done in 2001 when they blew the whole freaking invasion angle the easiest angle that you could have ever i mean like anybody could have done that and made more money than wwf ended up making you gotta see this match nice so check out that free match of the week. Go to New Japan World. They have a free video section right on the homepage. Um, and in previous shows, we've talked about Naito being on tour in the U.S. And that's been going on. Some of those matches have happened already. Yeah, I mean, I, there's not a lot of news, but there's been people that have been talking about it. I mean, obviously, we, we discussed all those shows are sold out. Um he wrestled um, Sammy Callahan. Was it the first night or was it last night? I think it was last night. Yeah, so he, he wrestled Sammy Callahan. He also wrestled Michael Elgin. And he won both of those matches. Uh, the reviews that people are sending in is that, you know, the matches were great. But I think it's just more the fact of, like, the U.S. fans seeing Naito live is what people are really, like, jazzed about. There's a lot of pictures, things like that. I've seen a couple clips of him, like, doing Dustinos on those guys, which has been pretty cool. The crowds don't look super huge or anything, probably like a few hundred people, but still like pretty awesome that Naito's here in the U.S. like doing a tour right now. And I yeah. think he's wrestling Air Fox tonight or is that tomorrow? I th- yeah, probably. I, I think it's tonight. So, um. yeah, I mean, it's, you know, exciting. Naito's here. I hope, uh, you know, well, obviously he's coming back for, uh, I'm guessing, Long Beach. We don't right. really know. So that's the next thing we want to talk about is just the speculation of what's happening with Naito and Jericho, there's rumor going around that Naito versus Jericho could happen at Strong Style Evolved. And I think we touched on this um, last week, and I was pretty strong against having Naito and Jericho on that show. I mean, Strong Style Evolved is already sold out. Um, I feel like the Naito-Jericho match will be should be done on a bigger platform maybe like Dominion but at the same time it has been a while since they shot the angle so I can understand them wanting to do something as quickly as possible um, obviously both men would be huge draws and well I mean the show's already sold out but I mean both men would still be their big names great crowd reaction um, and I'm sure that would pop the rating on Access TV yeah so we were getting reports, you know, and it also started to seem this way. Uh, you know, Dave Meltzer said that it seemed that what he'd been hearing was that they were going to push this match back to possibly like June during uh, Dominion. And that also kind of, I mean, they stopped making mention of the attack. You know, the, the U.S. commentary team hasn't been making mention of it too much either. So with that being the case, uh, it seemed like maybe this match wasn't happening well. Um, this past week, um, Sports Illustrated came out with the story and said that they were hearing reports that here in the next week or so, we're going to get uh, the much-anticipated announcement that this will be the main event for Strong Style Evolved in Long Beach. So uh, it seems strange that they would do that now at this point with the, like Jeremy said, the cards sold out. 
they've already <laughs> they've already got they've already got our money. Um, I mean, I guess this could be a, one way that they could uh, really bolster the. Pay, like not pay per view, the, the access TV. TV viewing, and also the uh, the um, subscriptions for New Japan World. But other than that, I don't know. It seems like maybe they should hold off for this for a bigger show, a bigger arena. Right. But um, I don't know if it's really. This is not us saying, oh, this is definitely happening at Strong Style Evolved. We don't know. We're hearing conflicting reports, but um, Sports Illustrated just said this a couple days ago, and they said that they were getting reports that New Japan is going to make this announcement. So take that for what it's worth. We don't know what to expect, but um, hopefully we get Naito Jericho. I mean, I don't know, man. I keep feeling like maybe something happened and we're not getting this match now. I mean, either way, I'm 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 guessing Jericho's going to do some sort of like surprise uh, attack. Maybe not an attack, but we're getting something. A like, promo video. We're getting at a, the anniversary show. I feel like he has to do something different than both of those. Like it's it, we're almost expecting it now. It's like right. okay, he did he did the promo video. No one expected it. Then he did the promo video with an attack. No one expected it. So now maybe he's got to do something like. Maybe like he maybe like he attacks him like in public or something like right, that. Right, right. Or something crazy. I don't know. Or maybe like the lights go off and come back on and at his, the anniversary and, show. And his jacket's just sitting in the middle of the ring. Like Sting. Y two J like Y two J like comes out with like white face paint on like just like the crow. <laughs> he just starts like uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to expect. But I hope we get this match. I hope like yeah. I hope Paul and Vince didn't get in his ear and like brother. St- Goddamn, pal. <laughs> Doing all that Japanese crap over there. So, yeah, I don't know what to expect yeah. here. But speaking of um, Long Beach and California, I know we mentioned last week about the L.A. dojo yeah. being opened up. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to mention about the L.A. dojo? Yeah, so they uh, they started accepting sign-ups for the uh, L.A. dojo. This was on February 14th, which was uh, Valentine's Day. Um I did see that there was a local, not local, but the, that there's an independent wrestling star. I believe he's his name is Anthony Henry. I've never seen him before, but he's pro, he's from what I understand pretty well known and like evolve and different things like that. He put a tweet out showing that he'd already signed up, so he's going to the LA Dojo to wrestle, uh, or he not to wrestle, but to train. to train and to try out. So that's kind of interesting that we're already starting to see not just like. You know, local people like from you know, like the average Joe off the street trying, who's a New Japan fan trying to get in there, <laughs> but like actual established pro wrestlers who probably want to like, I don't know, refine their skills and things like that, which is kind of interesting. So, um, yeah, if you still want to sign up, they're they're accepting signups, five hundred dollars, I believe. To uh, I don't know how it works to be honest with you. I don't know if it's five hundred dollars a session and it's fifteen hundred dollars for the three days, or if it's one fee. But uh, yeah, if you want to go get stretched and <laughs> stretch it, man. <laughs> you want to go get killed doing like uh, Hindu like squats or whatever, like I don't know. That I, it, that's that's on you, bro. <laughs> right. I'd I'd want to go watch. Yeah, I would. Oh, yeah. I'd love to go watch and then like you know eat popcorn and like just watch guys. As people get killed by Ishii. That yeah, I'm not I'm not getting in there. Oh man. All right, then um, last couple things. We had some uh, contract news. So Big Mike, Michael Elgin, we were wondering what was going on with him. He just signed a two-year contract with New Japan. He's not on any of these cards, is he? He's not on the Ring of Honor cards. He's not on the anniversary show. Yeah. That's interesting. I just thought of that. Which is weird. You think he just re-signed a new contract. 
he was in Ring of Honor, former Ring of Honor World Champion. You'd think he would be on Honor Rising. Yeah, no. I I was going to say, that that's a guy that Goto could have wrestled, I guess. But uh, Yeah. I oh, maybe he had U.S. dates or something. Maybe. He's here right now. I mean, he just dropped a Naito. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that the AAW crowd, like, was going off on him. Yeah, actually. there was, like, a lot of heat yeah. for them using him. He might want to stay... Uh, Stay overseas. Right. Stay in (laughs) Japan. Um, So, yeah. So, he's renewed. So, maybe he can be a player in the New Japan Cup. He signed a two-year extension. Um, Also, he has just gone off and filed a... We've covered this in the past, you know, with the... uh, the stuff with the sex allegations and all that. Well, he just recently filed a defamation lawsuit against the, you know, the young lady that was involved in that incident and the stuff on Twitter. If you're not familiar with it at this point, just go online and do some re- right. do some research. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's kind of interesting that he's going after this uh, individual for defaming him based on the statements that have been made and hurting his uh, booking ability and all that. So right. Yeah, on the one hand, we're going to see more of him. On the other hand, I don't know how that's going to play out. Yeah. <laughs> kind of crazy. And the other contract news, last week we mentioned about um, Hogan trying to, well, he was negotiating with New Japan and trying to be a part, join the Bullet Club. Well, the news broke about what the price tag was, and it was, what, $750,000? Yeah, so he wanted $750,000 to make an appearance at Wrestle Kingdom. Just an appearance. Just an appearance. Like, and join the Bullet Club. He wanted like half of what Jericho made just to be there. <laughs> just to play the air guitar down the aisle. Do you, can you imagine how long that would have taken Hogan to walk down that freaking aisle? At, that's such a long aisle. Like They would have needed to have gotten him a cart like WrestleMania 3 style. Like he's Andre the Giant. Right. My God. Dude. Thank God that didn't happen. Oh my God. Thank Dude. God that didn't happen. Yo, I love the Young Bucks, but their love for Hogan, bro, it's like, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's kind of weird. Dude, I just want Hogan to stay where he's at. Off my TV, off my WWE TV, off my New Japan TV, off everything. Like, I don't need Hogan anywhere. Like, bro, stay where you're at. You're done. Do you think Okada could get a good match out of Hogan? <laughs> for real <laughs> you know what I kind of bro after like watching, have you ever seen the Tenryu match no the retirement match no it's pretty good and uh I think he could I think he could get a good match out of Hogan I feel like um Takahashi right now oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh my god are you asking me <laughs> As much as like as much heat as like Hogan has for us for the you know stuff that's happened in the media and everything and the comments he's made and his overall just being a terrible person and in real life like Hogan was to me not the greatest worker but he was still an incredible worker I mean in some Ichiban. ways some ways very underrated but like I know he can't wrestle anymore I know he's terrible but I just I just believe Okada can get a good match out of anybody I think. I think, like, if he was ever worked one match, let him wrestle for the IWGP title. And uh, I think it would be good, actually. Do you think Do you think that... Do you think Okada, We should do, like, an episode of, like, can Okada get a good match out of him? <laughs> like, do you think that Inoki would have a good match with Okada right now? Dude. I don't even <laughs> want to think about it. Like, dude, all these old dudes just need to hang it up. 
It doesn't have to be old dudes. We can talk about terrible wrestlers, too. Like, terrible recent wrestlers. Like, you know, do you think Baron Corbin would have a good match with Okada? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) So, Uh, yeah, that'd be fun. And then uh, I think the last thing you had some news about uh, Show and Yo. Yeah, if you guys like uh, Ninja Warrior, if you've ever watched that show, or in Japan it's known as Sasuke, um, Show and Yo are going to be on Ninja Warrior. Um, you know, I don't know too much about. I know that like they shoot it in Japan, and then usually they'll sell it to you know the American broadcasters, and uh, you know, we, or we get actually we have American Ninja Warrior now, so it's kind of different, but. Uh, right. They're going to be on there. So, I mean, that's kind of interesting. I hope that doesn't uh, distract them too much from their <laughs> their IWGP championship uh, obligations because they've got uh, they've got plenty of challengers coming up on the horizon. Yeah, they do. They're, uh, they need to get Rocky Romero, the coach, to keep them focused. Um, also, Jushin Liger is going to be doing a tour here in the U.S. There was a list of different shows that he was doing. Um, leading up into uh, the Long Beach show, but apparently that has been taken down. So we're gonna have to get that list at a later date. But right. uh, hopefully we can get that for you guys next week. It's, we we had actually kind of contemplated about that and said I hope we we'd said that we hoped he was doing an actual prolonged tour in the U.S. and that like. Uh, like SoCal area and it seems like he's actually traveling across the country as well um, for several weeks so he's got several different shows they, they all look like they're all uh, uh, like per resu they're not really like indie indie cards like you know like US indie shows they're more like a lot of lucha cards yeah like American lucha so, you know, we'll get more information when it comes out. I don't know what happened. Like, we went to go look for that that list. We probably should have saved it, but it got taken <laughs> down. So, yeah, but that's what's going on. Well, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, another jam-packed episode. Every week, man. Every week, there's so much to news. <laughs> like, I always think, oh, it's a slow week. And- Dude, this week, I'm like, oh, for sure, we're going to be like an hour 15, an hour 30, and now we're uh, two hours and thirty minutes in. <laughs> that's, a, that's like our average but, show. Length. But you guys are downloading, so we hope you guys are listening to the whole thing. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, because our show's good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to our show, and I'm always like, I listen to a lot of other podcasts, and I'm not like just trying to put us over, but like I'm, I'm always like, you know, what, as a fan. I enjoy our show. I don't listen to it because I'm a mark for myself or anything. I listen to it to see what we said. Cause I'm a mark for myself. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of becomes a blur, and it's hard to remember what we talk about. Yeah. So I'm like, what did we say? And plus, I listen for like mistakes for like when I say stupid stuff that's like not accurate, <laughs> which happens sometimes. Like or like we forget to talk about beads. Right. Like, why didn't we talk about beads? Like, <laughs> it's because Rich was here. Yeah. Freaking idiot. That bum. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. You know, you can find us on all your favorite podcast listening devices, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. Go ahead and leave a rating and review on your favorite app. Help us get over. Check out our columns at socialsuplex.com. If you go to socialsuplex.com forward slash subscribe, you can sign up and get all the columns and podcasts delivered directly to your email inbox you can follow our show on twitter at ki strong style you can follow me at jeremy l donovan you can follow social suplex at social suplex make sure to check out all the other shows on the social suplex podcast network 
One Nation Radio, One Nation Live, the SMC Wrestling Podcast, and the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. So until next time, goodbye and good night. Bang!